one more time this year. It's everything you wanted to know about 2014 in two hours. This is the Airwaves. The bright lights of 2014 are fading fast, but there's still time for one more episode of The Airwaves. It's the podcast that spends a couple of hours on a Monday night discussing all things entertaining and more. It doesn't really get any easier than that, really, does it? With us this week, we got her back on eventually. Sarah Gray, how are you doing, Sarah? I, I'm I'm very well. Much better at the end of 2014 rather than the first half. Yeah. So, uh Things looking a bit more pop- look better. Thanks. Thanks very much. Excellent. Looking forward to Christmas, I assume. Um, ish, yes. I'm in Ireland for the first time for Christmas. Oh, fantastic. So, um, yes. So I'm still working for a week, but I'm taking the Christmas week off completely. So, good, good. yeah, it should be good. Excellent stuff. Should be good. Excellent. Next up, Mr. Alex G. Fox. How's things, Alex? They're all right. Um, running around like lunatic, but that's what I do. And uh, you know what? I've been going backwards and forwards to the shed all day because I've been having to get some stuff from the end of the garden. And it's nice and... Oh, it's not warm, but it's not bad out there. Because all week long we've had that thing, I don't know what they call it, the weather bomb. Weather bomb, yeah. Well, if this is a weather bomb, it's more like a weather... weather oh, I don't know, firework that didn't go off. Yeah, it's it, it's not... <laughs> It hasn't, the, the weather hasn't really turned, has it? It's just. No, but they told weather. us it was going to, and it was like going to be, wow, it's going to be all this yeah. and all that. And it was just like, huh, nothing really. Yeah, yeah, well, I'll tell you what, let's put him out of his misery because I can see him <laughs> complaining there in the corner. Last but not least, fresh from DMing me at about 5.30 this morning, causing my iPad screen to light up like a Christmas tree and wake me up. Mr. Hey, Carl I've Madden. been up for an hour already at that I, point. Yep, yeah, I don't it's... get up that early. Oh, I forgot, every time I come on the show, I forget you do a flipping weather report well, how, before you do it. How was the weather at 5.30 this morning? Dark. Just really? dark. I couldn't see it. It was so dark, I couldn't see the weather. Oh, dear. Wow. Very dark. <laughs> Very dark indeed. Well, there we go. Well, we're doing something a little bit different um, for our last show of 2014. It is our last show of 2014, um, because... This I've is got- because you couldn't be bothered to find any news this week, isn't it? I- stop, stop pretending... <laughs> well, we were discussing the possible content of your show this week. Yeah, well, that's not Mr. Gonna, don't Madden. worry about that. Move yeah. on. Nothing to see here. We're gonna move on. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to cover the best of, uh, of 20, 2014. You said 2012 there. Uh, the usual categories... Yeah, do 2012. I've got more chance. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> the usual categories we have on this show. We're going to start with a quick check. We're going to check the scorecards for... Uh, myself, Alex, and Carl, uh, to see if what we were looking forward to in 2013 came good in <laughs> 2014. So, I, let's see, I was looking forward, uh, I was looking forward to Sherlock, House of Cards Season 2, and Robocop. I never watched Robocop, and I've heard from many people that it's not actually very good, but House of Cards Series 2 was was pretty pretty darn impressive and uh sherlock was fine 
<laughs> Mr. Fox. We'll come to that later. Yes, we will come to that later. Mr. Fox. What do you mean, were... Mr. Fox? Mr. Fox. Well, yeah, that'd be me. Alex. Yeah. You were you were looking forward to a uh, a couple of things that I was looking forward to as well, uh, including two other things. So, what? How did the village and oranges the new black go for you? Oranges the new black. I started it and I went. You know what? I'm far too happy to want to watch this. Mm. <laughs> I thought that when my life goes downhill a bit, I might decide to bit, get really melancholic and watch it. But thankfully, that hasn't happened yet. Uh, the village. Uh, I'd been looking forward to that because you know, they, you know, they, they'd sort of. It should have been out already, so it was like a big wait for this year. And when it came out, it certainly didn't disappoint. Um, it was as good, if not better the original series which I rated very very highly so that you know that would have given it uh, an 11 out of 10 rating so that was worth waiting for um, yeah but you know Orange is the New Black I just I, I'm not sure if it's any good I, I just <laughs> I started it and then I just thought no <laughs> I tried no. to start watching it again to kind of lead into the second series, but I, I say I'm just not depressed enough. Carl, yeah. you've got um, you've got a smattering of of things. You include Sherlock, and uh, and you've mm-hmm. got Doctor Who in here for some reason. Robocop, well, Captain America Two. Looking forward to keep Peter Cabaldi coming out and doing his turn as Doctor Who. I'm willing. Uh, well, we shall come to that. We shall, as Sarah says, we will come to that. <laughs> okay. Well, the ones I haven't. What do you want? You, what do you want me to do? The ones well, I haven't listed. I particularly want you to explain why you neglected to see Interstellar. Ah, uh, because it's not out on Blu-ray yet. Hmm. Have you heard of a cinema? Have you, yeah. Uh, yes. And again, I'll point to the situation of my local cinema, which is an absolute sure to go to hold on a minute you go out drinking and you that's not sure once a month you go to your local pub but every other night of the week for the rest of the month you go into town and you travel around for your your alcohol fix Mm -hmm. but when it comes to a cinema you won't go more than like three roads away well no because how long's how long's interstellar you say three hours nearly do you know how much drinking time that is well, regardless, I... <laughs> That's one of the things I love love about being here, is our apartment block is actually on top of a cinema. Fantastic. That sounds that sounds like a good idea. I hope they've got good soundproofing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah otherwise several, they'll be complaining about you. <laughs> we're several floors up, but yes, it's... Uh, but it is rather good, actually. Um, well, I'll come to it a bit later, but... Um, do you get yeah, a special? Do you get a special rate? But they do know that. We do know us in there. In fact, actually use the uh, thing for popcorn what's the point of making it here when you get it from downstairs Price. brilliant <laughs> brilliant there you go you can also um, no, get your overpriced uh, your overpriced packet of minstrels that you need to read well there your is that for. too <laughs> yeah i know but uh, leave that alone but well mm, two i didn't pick anywhere on these lists this year is jack ryan came and went without much of a flutter it was, it was it was okay it was just your standard thriller wasn't anything to do anything as good as the um harrison fall jack ryan movies I some and good things about that one I was going to say, was that is Jack Ryan? Was that a Tom Clancy as well? No, I mean, obviously based on Tom Clancy, totally original story though. Um, and the other one was Godzilla, and Godzilla would have been good if it had some Godzilla in it. <laughs> so um, yeah, I think I blinked once. And was it a re- religious search engine? Godzilla. 
No, a browser though. Religious yeah, web browser. browser. Oh, that's what I mean. <laughs> oh, it would have been really funny if I'd have got that right. What is he like? Oh really? dear. As I said it, I was thinking that's a browser, not a search engine. <laughs> Let's just hope you all laugh anyway. That's such a thing as open source, now, though, not with you. Mm. <laughs> it's close. No such thing as an open source religion. Um. So, Sarah, that's an was there any concept? Sorry, that's an interesting concept. An open source religion. Yeah. Oh dear, you could you could go for ages on that. Was there anything you were you were particularly looking forward to in uh, heading up to twenty fourteen, Sarah? Last um, well, I think remember? the obvious thing was I think we were all anticipating. Certainly, Alex and I would fall into this category. As Sherlock Holmes fans, we we're very much looking forward to Sherlock and seeing how they'd handled the situation of um, Sherlock falling off or jumping off the roof of Bart's hospital. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, how's yes. that going for you? Sorry, how's that going for you? Still waiting to find out how they. Was- well, well, yeah. I mean, we'd we, we'd got some we'd got some interesting ideas um, of how that could have happened. None of which actually proved to be correct. But one of the things that, as I don't, I'm not particularly a Doctor Who fan. But one of the things they've got used to with Mark Gattis and Stephen Moffat is that some of the stuff they come up with is a bit off the wall. It's one of the reasons why I don't like Doctor Who. Yeah, but he wasn't off the wall. The problem was he was splattered on the pavement. Well, <laughs> well, the, thing, uh, the thing I was looking forward to most about Sherlock was the fact that there wasn't going to be a Robert Downey Jr. version this year. <laughs> now, now, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> I think those films are very good, and I'm looking forward to the next one. Uh, yeah, okay. Mm. There you go. So, aficionados, we share the same opinion. Well, speaking of Sherlock, speaking of Sherlock, let's move on to our top disappointments of 2014. Now, I've, I've, I've put Sherlock in here, and the the thing is to say that to say that Sherlock was disappointing. Um, I was. it, it just didn't go. I mean, Sherlock hasn't really been quite as good as the as that first episode, really, or the first yeah. that first so series. The study in pink. Mm. It was awesome the first one because for for those of us that are Sherlock Holmes aficionados, there were so many references to the stories in there, um, and it, that was part of the fun was actually spotting where the Moffat and Gattis had actually introduced a character or even a line from a story uh, and I thought that was the fan that was what made it s- so much more enjoyable um, because my first thing about Sherlock was oh, I'm not really sure about this it's so far away from the idea of Sherlock Holmes that but and then when I and then when I stopped and thought about it and thought actually if I just accept the fact that it's not trying to be Sherlock Holmes it's Sherlock I thought it was brilliant um, and I, th- I also think that part of the reason why I, I also put Sherlock in my top disappointments of 2014 was purely, and I think it was because of the fact that it, the first two series were so good that I think it was a hard act to follow. Um, well, I, and- I very recently, I mean, when I say very recently, a couple of days ago, I don't know, it might have been on BBC Four or one of those things. I don't know what it was on. And then just, so it was on, and I thought, okay, I don't know what Sherlock it is. It just was called Sherlock. Oh, I'm going to watch it. And it was the one, you know, the one, the first episode of Series 3. And after the disappointment of watching it originally, hurt, yeah, but after the disappointment of originally watching it, 
um, and being over that, as in I was my expectations were low enough. It was okay. It was far better. Now my expectations had been shattered. But I think what you were saying. <laughs> no, but what you were saying about you know they were introducing characters from other stories. What I think the problem is, and as a boring old fart, I have thought about this quite a bit. Is originally they took the original stories and they thought, how can we adapt them and modernise it? Now, what they seem to do is write a story and think, how can we shoehorn something in yeah. that we can reference backwards? Yeah. And that's what I think, it, it seems really obvious that that's the way they're doing it, and that's almost an insult to Holmes, you know? Mm. You know, I mean, by all means, they're fine as stories. Like you say, forget about them being Sherlock, they're fine. They're entertaining, they're mm. quirky, they're, you know, some of it's quite clever. But it's like the, you know, look, either do it properly or don't relate it to Sherlock. Yeah. And that's what I think, that's why it started. I mean, that uh, Charles Augustus Milverton or whatever they called it. That was the last one, wasn't it? Yeah. It was- uh, like, oh, the whole point was, you, you've just written a really poor story and just I thought it was a terrible shoot. waste of a of a character yeah. from the original um but the, it the, was the trouble is in in all of conan doyle uh the milverton or masterson or whatever you call it this way around that was the character i most despised in the whole canon of sherlock holmes right and when conan doyle wrote it it was like when in the original story when he was shot by the Duchess or whoever shot him, because you don't quite know. Whoever oh, shot him, no, it's an original story written 100 yeah. years ago. Or <laughs> yeah. whatever. There's no limit. Yeah. 120 yeah. years ago. Uh, with that, and Holmes is, well, I'm not the police. He got what he deserved. It made perfect sense, and he wrote it in a way that he despised the man so much that it was there was nothing nice about him. There was nothing clever about him. There was nothing witty about him. The whole thing was the frustration of not being able to touch this man, and they turned it into this sort of oh, pseudo intellectual thing of everything's in his mind or is there somewhere where it's stashed. It was it was a completely irrelevant link to a story. And now I'm thinking because that. Milverton thing was the um, the arc through the whole of that series. Yes, it <laughs> was because it was like, right from the first one. With yeah, the, and I was like, when John Watson was put in danger in that inside yeah. of the fire, wasn't it? And it was like you've taken one of the possibly the strongest or most uh, psychologically damaging um, character that was ever written by Conan Doyle, and you've absolutely yeah, ruined it. But it seems and that's like my, that was my objection. There was lots of things they could have done with that, and maybe linked it to something else. I mean, this thing with the thing with uh, Watson's wife the whole time. You know, it was like, oh, you know what? Stretch a point. Well, that's so far away from the Mary Morstan of the canon, isn't it? Yeah, 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 which is oh, please. You know, the whole point was. I mean, I know you're trying to modernise it, and possibly, you know, you say, oh, you know women's lib and all that nonsense that's fine but it's not fine for what you're doing you know Mm. in the real world of course you know there's nothing wrong with it and it should be that way but in this story don't call it sherlock and then say well actually it's like you might as well make sherlock into one of those characters you know when they play a comedy version of him 
just now they've done things like that, it's so far away from the point of it. And the storylines aren't that clever. They're just okay storylines and they're shoehorning things in. And it's almost something that I object to. But like I say, the first episode, which I watched again the other day, it was it was the least bad of them. And then they got terrible. I thought it was... No, I'm, I, I disagree in calling it least bad, Alex. Okay. I, I think I think as I say, I think the first series particularly and Not the first, first one series, particular, but the first one of this the first one of the first series was very good. No, no, what I'm saying, the worst sorry, the empty hearse was the oh, least this series. of this okay. series. Okay. Yes. And yes, I mean We I'd, are disappointed because of we're so excited about the prospect. That's why mm. we're disappointed. We're not exactly. disappointed because it was terrible. We're disappointed well, because it could be brilliant. It could have been. Just, it could have been so much better. Yeah. But however, I would say that I think that the middle one, the sign of three, was really bad. That really was terrible. really bad. It, even on its own, it doesn't stand up as a good story. It no. was terrible. And the actual conclusion was ridiculous. I mean, that was one of the things with Holmes originally, is that there was conclusions, and they would. You know, even with all, you know, if everything else, blah, 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 you know, you can only be left with the truth. But it was like, oh, talk about stretcher point. Mm. It, there was never, it was never ridiculous, the truth. It might not have been obvious. And then when it come down and go, oh, yeah, that could happen. And then you look at this and go, oh, yeah, let's just reinvent physics. And that's what the truth is. Like, oh. However, that's an interesting point, Alex, because, and I really don't mean to have a go at Gattison and um, Moffat, <laughs> There's more but, of that to come, don't worry. But this <laughs> is part of the reason, you, we, we, I've been thinking about this in the last couple of minutes we've been having this conversation. This is part of the reason why I don't watch Doctor Who, because it is so far-fetched that, I'm sorry, but there's sci-fi and there's sci-fi. Well, Doctor, but, Who, Doctor Who was always far-fetched, but it wasn't, Beyond, it's like it's a bit like Star Trek, really. I mean, Star Trek isn't beyond the bounds of possibility. I mean, scientifically speaking, yes, it's completely impossible. But but Doctor Who on Earth? Come on, that's not what Doctor Who's about. No, it's not. And we've complained but, about that many times. <laughs> and you know, what's this about the Titanic sticking out of something? I mean, it's like well, I didn't see the episode, but because I've stopped, didn't, wasn't watching it. But oh, that was I saw a that, shit. and I thought, yeah. What the hell was all that about? You know, I mean, come on, this is just stretching it too far. Yeah, they they do. Carl looks like he's desperate to not say something. He, he yeah, yeah. Carl, Doc, Doctor Who. I mean, I've said, I've said here that the later episodes of Doctor Who, there were a couple where I actually thought, wow, this is this actually feels like it's getting better. But then the last two episodes happen, and I'm no longer looking forward <clears> to it anymore. How do one Doctor Who's a weird thing? Is there's a weird animal? Uh, firstly, they can always get away with the cheap gal claw saying, "Well, it's for children after all," but you know, it's not really. But you know, we sort of we all tune in, and um, actually, something that Alex said a little while ago makes perfect sense to me. We all get Blimey. hyped up. We all get hyped up about these events. We see them as events because they come around so so few times for a year because of the way our our BBC TV service works. <clears throat> so. And the hype around um, the third series, Sherlock Holmes, for example, could no way live up to the expectations that people were labouring under because mm. it just couldn't. Whatever, whatever stupid theory they did come up with, it would be picked apart and lampooned and everyone would say, no, that's rubbish. So perhaps the best way is, since it's just a piece of fiction, to say, look, he survived. He's now back. And I know diehards, because I wouldn't like that if that happened to one of my favourite shows, 
But, you know, that's, they just move on with the story. They've, they've said they're basically never going to go back and explain it. Well, do you know um, why? I mean, I think you're right in that respect, but I also think they wrote it with no idea how they were getting no, out of it. probably not. <laughs> because after all, that's what Conan Doyle did, but he yes. didn't write it to get out of it. He wrote it to kill him. He wrote, yeah, he wanted, yeah. Rid of the, wanted rid of the character, didn't he? Yeah. I know, and then I, he came up with a fantastic, plausible thing, which actually made it sound like he'd written the original story that way, knowing that he was going to bring him back. It, but anyway. well, you know, I just, I just think we put too much pressure on a lot. Of, I mean, I'm going to get to stuff earlier on, later on, sorry, that you guys are going to get to stuff part. earlier. Uh, yeah, come, come, come on, get, get to your stuff. Hang, hang on a minute, can I oh, just right. chip in one more thing? Carl, on what you're saying is I do think that there is a, there is a, a method that they, if they'd stuck to the formula within the first episode of basing it on stories, but actually bringing it up to date and done that even into the third series with The Empty Hearse, which is based on The Empty House and the premise of that story, then it would have worked. But it wasn't about that, was it? It wasn't about anything in the third season. It was about the end of the second season. It was that point on the roof where it was just set you up, knock you down, set you up, knock you down. And it was a fight. It was a fight of battles. And they painted themselves into so many corners by having to have that massive showdown at the end, this big confrontation of one outwits the other, and then the other one, oh, no, I've outwitted you. Oh, no, you have. But now I've outwitted you. And that's what made writing anything for that opening season. Well, you know, the biggest mistake they've made in the whole of Sherlock Holmes is they've killed Moriarty off far too quickly. Well, they used Moriarty far too early. And then the thing is, what might happen now is they're going to come up with some absolute nonsense way of bringing him back. no one knows that he's on that roof. He jumped off the roof, supposedly killed himself. He could have used a squib to, you know, pretend he'd blown his head off, for example, (laughs) because no one went back to check. Yeah. Yeah, there's loads of stuff. Exactly. But, you know, it's like, oh, um, you silly, silly people. No, but look, uh, the disappointment is because of how good <laughs> it started off. Yeah, I know. I understand that. And, like, my ones, my my, my dis- horrible things of the year, disappointments, Amazing Spider-Man 2 made every single mistake the last load of Spider-Man's done, did. So too many characters, too many evil characters in it. Such a convoluted story that no one cared anyway by the end of it. Uh, Transformers 4, exactly the same thing. So many convoluted stories, so many, again, robots fighting robots, making no sense of what's going on. A really weak plot that they could have done three movies ago. And at the end, it turns out all along, Optimus Prime can fly. Well, if he could fly, he could have solved all the other movies virtually mm. instantly. Yep. Well, there you go. I, I, <clears throat> That's yeah. a deep the Transformers film. question that. I've seen the first Transformers film and I thought, wow, that CGI was really good. What was it about? (laughs) Yeah, I was going to watch the Transformers films, but I don't like things that turn out not to be what they say they are. Well, yes, there's always more than meets the eye. Um, Except in in Michael Bay films when there isn't. No, because your Uh, eyes have been slashed to pieces by the lens flare. The the other disappointment was Expendables 3. Nowhere near as good as the other two because they went for the stupid PG rating. Oh, PG-13 rating. So that means no blood, no violence, no graphics. I mean, they're meant to be mercenaries sent out to kill people. Why is that? Now, what did I think of that film? I thought, I'm never going to watch a film with uh, the Australian bloke in it again. Mel. Because he's a fascist house, right? That's then, a good point for me. Thank you. No, you can relate. <laughs> I would 
legally stand by it. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm not backing down. And um, then I realised he was playing a baddie and he was going to end up squished at the end somehow. And I thought, no, that will be worth watching. You know, you're right. It, it was very different. But the thing is, the first film was quite... Um, the first expend. I mean, I watched all three of them last year because I'm new to them, right? And the first one, I was like really surprised how good it was because I didn't think it would be because it was like, you know what, you've got every well, basically, the first one was loads of old people, mm. you know, and I was like, mm, not it's not gonna do much for me. And it turned out to, I was amazed how much I enjoyed it. And then the next one, I don't know if Schwarzenegger was in the first one. He was for about five seconds. Oh, okay. And then the next one, it was like, it was bordering on slightly ridiculous. <laughs> but it was fun. And this one, it was like, there's, there's, see, I sort of don't agree. I thought they got to the point where they couldn't do any more. It needed to be a little bit more comical. And the comedy part of this was they brought in some young guys who just weren't up to the job. So the old boys <laughs> had to come in and sort them out, you know? And I don't, I don't know. I, I sort of quite liked it because it, um, it was a conclusion. Which no, sort it was of, a fourth. Quite, well, all right. It was a conclusion <laughs> to a trilogy. You know, that I mean, it was a Rocky 74. You know, they should have stopped So very three. tired. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes, yeah. But, you know, I don't, I don't know how bad it was because I think it was... I wasn't. I wasn't wanting the same film. I want violence. When I watch a film called Expendables Three with the biggest action stars of the eighties, the period I grew up in, yeah, I 80s. want violence. Now That's, they're in their eighties. Exactly, what they are. Yeah, absolutely right. But I want. I don't want CGI blood. I don't want CGI weapons. I want the real thing. That's what these guys were famous for. That's why our generation knows them. They know them from the I think, crap throwaway oh, lines. I've got his name now. The one that played Puss in Boots. What's his name? And Donia Banderas. Banderas. Yeah. The, I really liked his character. That was really very funny. He <laughs> was like the most comical midget mercenary you've ever seen. And he doesn't stop talking. It was brilliant. I really enjoyed that part. And my last disappointment of the year was Sin City 2. Oh, I was so, this took so long to come to screen and it was just abysmal. Um, mostly because I think when Sin City 1 came up, the, the way they did the whole black and white imagery was fantastic. It was groundbreaking. It was new. Yeah, I was going to say, it was a bit new that no one had ever seen something Sadly, like that. Sadly, now it's just sort of cliche. I don't know how it becomes cliche after just one movie, but it seems to be. And all the characters were so wooden and flat and uninteresting. The story was not that interesting as well. Um, lots of chops and change. I, I don't know. It just didn't go together. And I wasn't the only one. It completely bombed in the cinema. And Ava stuff. Green was in it. <clears throat> yeah, she looks, you know, she looks sexy as ever, but it just wasn't enough to save it. No. Well, there you Must go. Must have been bad then. Mm, well, quiet. So, from the from that pile of disappointment to... Um, yeah, there's nothing like starting on a high, is there? Well, no, I wanted, out to, the get, way. I wanted to get the, the, ang- the, the anguish out of the way. We before. might, everyone's listening might have just like hung themselves or... They might have Just given up and taken, taken OD or something. Mm. Well, if you haven't, you know, if you haven't done that... <laughs> Congratulations. Yes, well done. You're through but, your first period of therapy. Shall we move shall we move into denial? Or better <laughs> better known as twenty fourteen best in film. Well, that's now, gonna be a short one for me. Oh dear. 
So, um, so Carl, you have a, a smattering of films here, but um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, you could actually say three of them are superhero films. That's they are, yeah. Now, these there's one <clears throat> of these out of this list that I really wish I'd gone to see, which is Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> um, no, I mean, X, okay, start off with X Men Days of Future Past. X Men totally was totally screwed after the last um, outing and all the various origin movies. Um, they completely messed up their franchise at Fox. And Brian Singer found a way of turning it around, absolutely just like in Star Trek, wiping out an entire series of movies mm. and just doing its own thing. And look um, how well that's working for Star Trek, eh? Now, in the case of X-Men, that's a good thing because it gets away, it wipes away a load of the rubbish. Um, and it's quite interesting what they can do now moving fo- fo- forward. Hopefully they won't screw it up again. In fact, I was reading today that because Fox owns X-Men and Fantastic Four, they might do a crossover at some point in the future. I'm not sure. Yeah. Fantastic X-Men. Yes, indeed. Um, the other one, Captain America Winter Soldier, absolutely brilliant action movie. Doesn't even matter it's, an, it's a superhero movie. It's just action, action, action. It's more like a Jason Bourne movie, in fact. Um, I'm surprised this was a PG film, actually. There's so much violence in it. Pretty Everything's gruesome. a PG. I know, I know, because they want the they want the maximum people to come and see their film. That's why everything's a um, PG or a twelve or a twelve C or I know, um, and everyone is just setting it up for the next. Actually, I was, I was thinking about this the other day. Actually, when you told me you want me on my show, I remember when Marvel came up with this idea of releasing all these films, and they're all like bolt on to the next one and then to the next one. <clears throat> and I was discussing this with my my friend at the time, who's. Subsequently, he passed on from cancer too long after that. So he never got to see any of this. And it was his absolute dream to see this come to fruition. And, of course, he never did, unfortunately. <clears throat> but, um, yeah, it's a, it's a shame. And every time I see one of these things, I always think that how much he'd enjoy seeing them. Anyway, the next one was Guardians of the Galaxy, another Marvel film. Absolutely brilliant. Superheroes in space, kind of. Fantastic. Then we got a bit of a parting. Charles film, Lego movie. I thought I would hate this. <laughs> <laughs> everything is awesome <laughs> I, would, I seriously thought I would absolutely loathe this film and I remember seeing it and hitting the play button and I just sat there mesmerised by just how good it was it was absolutely brilliant Spellbot, I mean you know, I'm not a big Lego fan I, I don't see the motivation to build things especially when in my age Lego was here's a load of bricks use your imagination nowadays Lego is Here's a spaceship. Here's the instructions. Build it exactly as we say. It's more like, here's a wing, here's another wing, and a body. Put them together, you've got a plane. <laughs> so it's like an air, air fix kit. It does seem to be. You know, I remember buying buckets of Lego bricks and building what I wanted to build. But Well, that's because you can charge yeah. ten times more for <laughs> well, some tiny like little thing. Licensing, isn't it? Yes. It was yeah. like the de- was the, there, was the, there was a Lego kit of the Death Star, wasn't there? That's... And the Millennium Falcon is meant to be the biggest one ever, so I've been told. Yeah. Um, and the last one that I really enjoyed this year was Edge of Tomorrow, which is a Tom Cruise movie. And I know Tom Cruise comes in for a lot of stick nowadays. I don't know why, really, but he does. Um, taking out all that Scientology stuff that he's into, but don't worry about that. We don't <clears> hear <throat> much about that anymore. Thank God. Um, but yeah, Edge of Tomorrow. So it's like Groundhog Day, because he has to live the same day over and over again. But instead of being stuck into... In in that that village where you know Patoni Pete lives or wherever Patoni I suppose he's stuck in, um, 
this guy is dropped into a middle of a war zone. So every day he gets to die, basically, until he gets better and better and better and he remembers what's happened every day until he can affect some sort of change. Um, I thought it was a really, as a sci- sci-fi story, I thought it was really interesting the way they handled it. And, you know, it's good because time travel is really hard to do, I think, properly when it comes to films. Yes. Can't create it a par- it's very easy to create a paradox, as a lot of films have done. <laughs> Paradoxically. Star Trek, looking at you. Um, yes, but no, I thought it was a good year for action movies. There, there were some like, things that just flumped out and they didn't do very well, but those ones I thought were really strong. Mm, mm. Well, on my, on my list, I've got, I start with Interstellar, which I've already talked about far too much on this show, and then we lead into uh, Wolf of Wall Street, which is something I saw, I think it was at the beginning of the year. Um, and I was I was actually quite surprised because it's another of these films that I n- never really uh, I didn't actually know the backstory behind it, and um, I just went to see it because someone said, "Oh, do you want to go and see Wolf of Wall Street? I hear it's really good." Yeah, yeah, all right. And uh, I was really impressed with that because it's it's hilarious. It's uh, unsuitable for children because it has lots of drug taking and uh, all kinds of other bits and pieces in it, but. Uh, it's actually a documentary. Doesn't well, they have midget tossing as well? Um, yes, there is. <laughs> yeah. That's how weird some of it is. And there is there are parts of it which are almost fear and loathing in Las Vegas in their, in oh, their yeah. weirdness. But, uh, yeah, that was my list. But pretty short. I'm, I don't really see many films this year. I don't, I don't understand why. Especially yeah, when there's so I, much around. I had that same problem when I started to think about it in terms of what I've actually mm. seen this year. Mm. Well, what have you seen this year, Sarah? Um, well, I've picked, <laughs> I, I've picked two, actually. One of them is um, something that's new to me. It's not new out, but I discovered it this year. And another one is a film that I saw fairly recently, uh, Mr. Turner, which I don't know if any of you have seen. Oh, which is yeah. About J- um, James W. Turner. Mm-hmm. And um, it was uh, one thing that struck me was that what a weird bloke he was. <laughs> I really didn't realise, um, but Timothy Spall was absolutely brilliant in the film. I think he was—I uh, don't know if he's been nominated for anything, but uh, I thought he actually uh, played the part incredibly well. Um, but yes, I did enjoy it. It was very good. Very long film. I think it was uh, nearly uh, over two and a half hours long. That's that's that really caught me. That really did catch me. Yeah. Uh, off on guard uh, and the other thing which is um, something that I've when I found out the premise of it and I hadn't, hadn't heard of it at the time I thought well, that sounds really good and that's Limitless the film the, it's, I think it's um, Bradley Cooper film um, which I saw on telly for the first time I you know it was out a few years ago but it's this idea that you can um, you could take a drug that would allow you to use the whole of your brain instead of the 10% that we actually use and the issues that that could cause. And it was, uh, yeah, really interesting film. Um, I've I actually recorded it on the Sky Plus box and I've actually kept it, so I'll watch it again. So, But yeah, that's one I, would, I did enjoy. Lucy did that this year. Exactly the same premise. Mm, yeah. I was, <laughs> yes, I, I heard about that, but never actually got around to seeing it. Somebody said to me after I'd mentioned about Limitless, and they said, have you, oh, have you seen Lucy? And I said no, and it was just at the end of the run, and I didn't get a chance to see it before it disappeared off. Yeah, yeah. No, I was trying to remember the name of the film that that did almost exactly the same thing. 
I'm sure um, I'm sure Limitless is probably better though if it's if it's an older film. But, but it so. is a very interesting premise, which is why mm. it's sort of faci- I found it fascinating. Mm. 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 Alex, have you run into anything interesting? I was trying to think to what I really enjoyed. Um, anything? Think, well, the thing is, I was thinking that I've enjoyed a couple of kids' films, but I'm trying to remember when I watched them, and then so I looked up kids' films and. The first one that came up is, I did watch it, and I really did enjoy it, which was Mr. Peabody and Sherman. I'm probably the only one to watch that. I think you but, are, out of this group. Yeah. <laughs> no, see, most of the films I watch that are modern are with kids. You know, I don't tend to go to the cinema. I'm not going to go on my own, and I don't really have anyone to go with because of, you know, being a family person. One of us needs to stay home with the kids. So, um, yeah, and... So I see kids' films more often, and Mr. Peabody and Sherman. I was like looking, yeah, I did see the Lego movie, and again, it was one of those things. Everyone told me how great it was, and I watched it, and I was like, that's all right. But you know, it's, but, everything is awesome when you're part of a I, team. That's quite true. But anyway, <laughs> that's why I do this show. That's that's mm. it. But anyway, Mr. Peabody and Sherman, I, I quite like, you know, that was a time-travelling machine. <laughs> uh, it was a bit of uh, it, it was good I liked the way that they sort of kept falling to historical events and they were I don't think they really caused them but they were just happened to be there and they basically spent their time running around and trying to get back their um, time machine that they managed to lose and um, I can't remember I think the boy had a girlfriend around or a little girl around and um they were trying to hide from her parents the fact that they'd managed to lose her and the other boy because they'd run away in a time machine. But anyway, I, I really enjoyed that. It was a good kid. It was a good kids' film. It was slightly educational, which was nice. Um, and you know, I had conversations with you know my little one afterwards, and he said, like, "What was that about?" And then you actually got to explain a little bit of history, you know. Which was nice. Well, he told you a little bit. Yeah, exactly. He explained the plot to you. He was going, you're getting to that age now, Alex, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, true. What was that about? What happened there? But, you what know, as for other things this year, you know what? I have seen things and I have no idea if they came out. <laughs> well, it's because <laughs> a lot of them of I've watched is... on things like DVD and things like that. So it's like, did they come out in 2013 and I watched it in 2014 or did it come out in 2014? It's stuff that's new to you. Well, that's practically everything. Well, for instance, <laughs> so, you watched, I know for a fact you watched the shipping forecast for the first time this year. <laughs> but do you know what? i tell you what I did watch, and I was thinking, because I didn't know if it fell into this, I watched the first two Godfathers for the first time. Hey. Bloody now, hell, you must be the only no, person. I had, no, I, I haven't seen them either. Seen, oh. no, I reckon I'd seen <laughs> The Godfather but 25 years ago. And I just... I couldn't work out if I was remembering it or remembering what I'd been told about it because, it, you know, there's practically no scene in that that everyone hasn't discussed or it hasn't been parodied in The Simpsons at least. Yeah. Yay. Yay. So I um, <laughs> So I watched that. I watched the second one and um, people say, oh, the second one is just as good, if not better. I, I'm not sure. The first one was extraordinary. The second, I think what I liked about the first one was the flashbacks. Is that the first one that had the flashbacks? No, the second one. Second one. Right. So the second one, the storyline was a bit boring, but I liked the flashbacks. 
the first one was a mind-blowing story. The actual modern day in the second one wasn't so interesting. But um, anyway, I watched those. I know there is a third one, but from what I've heard about it, I'd probably be better off cutting my losses. No, it's not good. Unfortunately, he, he cast his daughter in, in it, and she can't act in the slightest. She went on to become a good director. I think she directed Lost in Translation, actually. I'm, I could be about but there's a few things I like. For instance, I want to see The Imitation Game, which I did intend to go out. Yeah, yes. I haven't yeah. managed it. Uh, there's a few things like the Grand Budapest Hotel. I think that's the type of thing that might interest me. But I just haven't got around to it. So there's a few things on a list that I've gone, oh, I want to go and see that. Mm. Um, the Imitation Game is, I feel like everyone should go and watch it anyway. But You probably will get a chance because I think it looks like Benedict's going to be nominated for an Oscar. So they may well bring that back for a short run. enough, yeah. I, I, I know this is like, you know, this is probably uh, executable, but <clears throat> I'm just starting to get a bit bored of him being in everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? There are stories out there and there are other actors out there and don't get me wrong, fantastic fella, you know, good actor, but you know, come on, let's have someone else do something now. Yeah, but that's the, that's the way the film industry goes. Everyone goes through this, they, they get hyped and, in loads of things and they're the, they're, they're, they're the actor or actress of the moment and then it wanes and it's somebody else again isn't it it's like you a podcast Alex there was a time when you was on everything <laughs> yeah, turn on a podcast about hearing Alex yeah. so. I, I saw Gravity this year that was really cool there was we it, go was yeah no it wasn't yeah. out this year but you saw it for the oh, first time no, this year and that's it. what matters and no and Again, that was another one of those things I didn't get to see at the time, and then I thought, mm, you know, hype, 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 hype. And one Saturday evening, I don't know what it was on, something, one of the streaming things or, you know, movie channel, I thought, oh, I'll give this a go. And, yeah, excellent. In- interestingly, about two days after I watched it, I had a thing from Google saying a free movie, whatever, and Google Play Store, Play Store gave me a free copy of gravity and hd obviously i haven't managed to watch it yet but yeah so i got a free copy of that somewhere sitting on some server there you go yeah i tell you you, it's probably um, streaming somewhere anyway so it's irrelevant i don't think it is yet actually but i think you can buy it on uh, amazon stream priming service um you mentioned the imitation game after what i've read about some of the inaccuracies uh, it it does. It's uh, a Hollywood film. Yeah, there's it does. It does I mean, worry the trailer, me. It's a, the trailer's it does. got him doing a car chase and running through gates and things. And you think this never happens? Yes, but it okay, does worry me. Of- it does worry me that a generation of film goers will 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 uh, the, all that they know of Alan Turing will come from this film. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, I mean, I personally think that should be it. Just it should be taught in school. I mean, we don't have well, many. Yeah, it be, it, yeah. It's. It's a British hero, a British mm. war hero, if you like, but not based on killing people, mm. you know? And it's about, it's like based on, you know what? You know when they, you say, oh, I don't want to do my maths, what am I going to ever need it for? You know, that type of kid. <laughs> <laughs> you go, well, how about saving the free world? That's quite a good idea. Yeah, that's a good idea. You've seen, you've seen uh, Independence Day. Now, this is the reality. This is someone that mm. actually did it, yeah. you know? Yeah. Well, with that, let's move on to our... 2014 best in TV. Now, I have nothing here <laughs> because I simply I haven't watched. The only thing I've watched on television this year is Top Gear, 
That was all right. Oh, it get is, out, it, sir. It is as Top Gear is. Um, the rest of it has all been watched via streaming services. I've watched stuff because I'm super cool. Oh, hang on a minute. No, I watched that Genesis documentary, which was very good. <laughs> Brilliant. Great <laughs> stuff. Only 365 days to pick from. Yeah. And you found... No, the Genesis documentary was, ex- was extremely good. Now, Carl, you're the only yes. one who seems to have filled in the public notes here. So indeed, you have a indeed. few things here. Yeah, unfortunately, they're all American series as well. Oh, you yeah, not so um, bad. They, they produce quality stuff. I'll tell you what, right? Okay, this is a debate that I've, I've raged on for years. There was a time when the BBC and British TV was at the top of its game. It could not do any wrong. It produced some really good drama shows. Unfortunately, the, they, we, have, we run up against things called budgets in this country. And our budgets have been cut and cut and cut because... You know, for political because, reasons. Because, because, because. <sighs> for maybe for political reasons, because like, the BBC has to get its money from the government through, you know, through um, the TV license and stuff. So they get told what they can charge. But, but you know, which has massively hindered uh, British production, I feel. Um, and this is why we tend to get a lot of the same sort of dramas, where the costume dramas, and they also cost a lot to do, but they just reuse the stuff that they've used previously, it seems to me. And, and I don't <laughs> You know, it just and it seems a bit obvious, but um, but no, it just trends what you watch, Carl. Well, I like like action and mystery and thrillers. <laughs> and like action that. costume drama. Yes, action. It could be done. Costu- yeah, it, could it be. has Ripper been Street, done, and Ripper that's Street. one of my pickers of the but, year. But it's no longer. <laughs> I mean, okay, but it had to go away to get other funding. That's what I'm saying. That's yeah. my point. Um, mm. I don't know. Like, I haven't seen what the third. Well, we'll get to that later, anyway. But um, my one's damn this year, right. We'll get to that. Later. My <laughs> ones this year were True Detective, which is a very short series over in the states. Um, although it has come, it's coming back for a second series uh, next year. But it was fantastic to watch. It was just these two detectives, and they were following up a case that they tried to solve, they thought they'd solved 17 years ago, and it involved a lot of flashbacks and a lot of cross-checks. And um, it was sort of hinting, if you read Twitter as it went on live in the States, it was sort of hinting that there was some sort of mystical thing going on, and people were guessing, people were coming out with these outlandish plots and things like that, and it was really, really interesting just to watch. No, it was just basic police work. And it was none of this other stuff. It was all just nonsense that had been erected around these, these murders and stuff. So it came down to some pretty basic, these are just bad guys killing people. And, okay, that's not, that doesn't sound like much of a plot. Carl, why have you picked that? That sounds really dull. But it was the acting, it was the cinematography, it was, it was just perfectly done. It was, it was just so sumptuous to watch, if, that's, if you it's can understand one. Matthew McConaughey, that, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, it was. Yeah. And, uh, Trying to get over the use of sumptuous. And Woody, yeah. <laughs> and Steve Harrelson yeah. as well. And, you know, it, just, it was just fantastic. It was so, it was dripping in authenticity, it just seemed to me. It was fantastically filmed and loved. I loved it. Anyway, sumptuous um, authenticity. One, <laughs> yes. Second one was Game of Thrones, which I know didn't start last year, but continued mm-hmm. uh, this year, I should say. Uh, another, another season where just go gut-wrenching towards the end he does it to us again he introduces these characters and he just rips them away from you at the last <laughs> towards the end it's absolute yeah. soul destroying why do we do this to ourselves every year he breaks the internet with his bloody plot twists and things but it's fascinating tv fascinating drama and it's you know fantasy it's dragons although they've not really had much of a part to play currently but 
I'm just dreading what's going to happen this year because there's meant to be some another gut-wrenching thing this year. Why don't you read um, the books? You'll find out. I've not got time to read those. You see the size of them? I have. They're huge. Audio they're books? More than, they're more than 50 pages. I've got no chance. Oh, dear. I need the uh, I need the John and Jane version, maybe. <laughs> Suit me. Fair enough. <laughs> and then my last one, favourites of this year, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., season two. Oh, my God. It just hasn't relented since it came back. Go admit, I do watch. Uh, I do have to use a VPN service to watch him, <laughs> but because um, because I got no other way of seeing him at the moment, as they're shown in the states. But um, just relentless ever since like the reveal of of last season, you know when when it was tied in with Captain America. Continuing on all through the first half of the second season, just action, 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 and they've been building to something. And what they've been built building to, we now know. It's just brilliant. I love it. I absolutely love it. Can't wait for it to return in February, I think it is. Sure. But um, yeah, just loved Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Game of Thrones, and True Detective this year. Well, there we go. There we go. Sarah, what's on, uh, what, what is on your list? Well, I have uh, quite an eclectic mix. Really? And um, forgive me for doing this, but there's two <laughs> items on here that are sport-related. Oh, no. <laughs> Um, the first one unfortunately is going to bring back some bad memories for Alex Um, because the first one was uh, the championship playoff final on May the 24th (laughs) (laughs) sorry Alex it's reminding me of what happened a day or two later which yes which wasn't good but but yes um, seeing my team um, lift a trophy at Wembley for the first time in 37 years I've supported them was uh, was pretty special I know it's not everyone's cup of tea, but for me, that was immensely special. So, unfortunately, I couldn't be there because I was in Ireland. Otherwise, I'd have been there. But I was watching it on... Uh, well, I won't tell you how I was watching it because it was on Sky. So, so um, You just yes. told us. <laughs> no, I know, but I haven't got Sky Sports. <gasps> so that's all right. That's okay. Plenty of pubs so, have Sky Sports. I want to know why no, 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 Alex no, no, is no. upset now, Let, then. Let's just say it probably comes into the next category. Why was I upset? Streaming. Oh, streaming. dear. Yeah. No, 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 not about that, but about what happened to um, a day or two later, wasn't it, Alex? Yeah, no, my, my team, Leighton Orient, were in the playoff final day after. And we were 2-0 two, two up or 3-0 up? Two it was, up. I think it was 2-0, wasn't it? Yeah, we're 2-0 up and managed to lose. <laughs> and we'd spent the whole season the top of the league, right? So with two weeks or so left, we managed to drop down to third, right? And when I say the whole season, every week of the whole season, right? So then we managed to drop down to third, so ended up in the playoffs, which was like, how the heck did they manage to do that? And then since then, we are now almost rock bottom of our <laughs> league and almost gone out of business. And who, who, which yeah. team is this, Alex? My, my, well, it is a team that you might have to think of historically before long called Leighton Orient. Oh, yes, of course. Yes, so, uh, yeah, you might want to play this back in a few years and people go, oh, Lane Orient, they're like Accrington <laughs> Stanley. Who are they? You know. <laughs> who the hell's Accrington Stanley? So who's was yours, Sarah? Was it QPR? QPR, yeah. Oh. We were... Um, Mind you, we had back a pl- in the championship before you know it. Yeah, yeah, stop it. We, we had a... It, it, in the, it was all going very well. First half was fairly straightforward. Second half, we had a player sent off um, for what was a terrible foul. Um, we we were clinging on and then in the last minute literally in the last 40 seconds we scored a goal and um, won the match so uh, so happy for you yes (laughs) (laughs) but anyway moving on from that um, 
and touching on something that Carl See, said. This is what happens. You get a lady on and she, sp- she speaks about sport all the time. Yeah. I mean, no, 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 no. But I want, uh, Carl made a point about the BBC and I have to say I've got uh, one, two, three, four, five other items. They're all of wide variety of things, but they're all from the BBC. Good on you. So, um, Are the they first one. No, 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 no. <laughs> I've actually, no, although I've actually been on Cash in the Attic, but that's another story. So. Really? Um, Yes. (laughs) Um, The first one was um, a a TV documentary series, three-part documentary series called The £15 Billion Railway, which is about the Crossrail project. And um, I I mean, I love big big engineering projects. It's just fascinating, this sort of thing. And um, the first episode particularly, which was um, about how they protect the buildings above as as they're tunnelling underground and they sh- there was one particular part where they had a two foot um gap above them and i think it was about uh 90 centimeters below them and they had they called it through going through the eye of the needle and they had to push this tunneling machine through this gap is near oxford circus and it was just unbelievable how they managed to do this and i was just the whole three programs were just awesome. If you, if you, if if big engineering interests you, it's it was just phenomenal, and uh, I, 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 it really was a good series. So, I wish I'd seen if, that if it, now. That sounds it is, it is really good, particularly the first episode um, when they when they had this particular very narrow gap, and they actually managed to keep. Um, I can't remember which station it was now. But they managed to keep the station open while they were doing this, even though there was this huge tunneling machine um, less than two foot above the roof of the sta- of the platform. Um, it was over the August Bank Holiday weekend as well, which is why they couldn't close it. But I, I just Normally doesn't stop them. No, <laughs> no, I know, I know. But see, I know what you mean, Carl. But when you see things like this, it makes you realise just you know how awesome some engineering can be and what what they were so doing. I think it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, well, yes. yeah, okay. Especially right, when okay. you're part of a team. <laughs> yes, okay. All right. Um, the next thing is also a sporting thing. And um, sorry, I apologise for this, but it has to, happens to be one of my interests. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, BBC Formula One coverage. Oh, well, there we go. Um, That's always good. Of, uh, particularly of uh, the battle between Hamilton and Rosberg. Mm. And having seen a couple of the bits of coverage also on Sky... Um, I have to say that definitely the BBC coverage is better. And I'm certainly glad that I don't pay for BBC F1, sorry, Sky F1 coverage. I think if Tone um, was here now, he couldn't uh, He couldn't actually make it today. I, th- I, th- I think he probably would have said exactly the same thing, actually. For so, gritted cause, teeth. Because <laughs> there, there, cu- there was a couple of weekends where Sky were actually broadcasting the F1 coverage on Sky 1, I think it was. And we watched it just to see what it was like. And I have to say it was... Nowhere near as good as the BBC. When you say so, that, Sarah, do you mean the commentary, or do you mean like the camera work and all that stuff? Um, it, well, the it, camera work isn't theirs anyway. I mean, Martin yeah, Brund- Martin Brundle on Sky F on on Sky F One is really good, and I was disappointed that he left the BBC. Um, but I just generally, it, it's it, it. I don't know. They just don't seem to. I couldn't. I can't put my finger on it. But I mean, I've been been around. Um, and watching F1 for 30, 40 years. And Since you were a baby. Yeah, I mean, pretty much. I mean, I grew up with it. You know, I was going to the Grand Prix when I was seven, eight, nine, British Grand Prix when I was seven, eight, nine. And, um, 
you know, I, it has been part of my life. It's ha- you know, an interest that both my parents had, which is why. And I've been to lots of different other motorsport events, Formula Ford and even minis and stuff like that when I was kids, when my brother and I were kids. But so, you know, I've got a bit of a, an idea and I don't like the modern hype in um, PR side of F1 and it's I don't like the direction that F1's moving generally but I, I, I can't I wish I can't can't really put my finger on it off the top of my head but I definitely felt that um, there's something that the BBC have got I don't know whether it's the their years of, of you know they've got the history of doing it so therefore they've got better contacts or what I don't know but it, it, it definitely made me feel that uh, that we're doing the right thing and even though it means we can't watch them all live it's definitely the right way to, to, to watch Formula One, I believe. It's, it seems like the, think, the BBC the BBC coverage it almost seems a little bit more professionally made than than the Sky. I, I don't because I've, I've seen a few minutes of the Sky stuff and it just seemed a bit too Sky, if you know what I mean. Yeah, <laughs> rather than yeah. the BBC, which is just which, and I which always is, think a lot a lot of Sky um, stuff tends to be. I think they model themselves on American the way American news stations and sports stations work and i guess probably with fox that's quite possible but and i don't like that style um, well the bbc was sport now i have all the sky sport stuff i mean i'm a virgin subscriber so you know i get bt as well I, you know everything's in there the whole lot and the, and bt's sort of fallen into the trap as well whereas the bbc used personalities to oh there's a police helicopter above my house can you hear it Yes. Yes. Good heavens. Oh, yes. Blimey. That's really out is now. very close. Right away. Get yeah. out. So the BBC use personalities to bring the information to you. They use somebody that's you know driven a racing car, done this in a racing car, and they'll sort of they'll talk to you like um, you know because they're coming from a, a place of you know experience and intelligence, and also experience of broadcasting where it's sky and they do it with everything it's all you know what we 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 could have a really big touch screen tv type thing here and we could do all these arrows and stuff that absolutely nobody understands and the person operating it has probably been on a six-month course to work out how to do it i'm always quite impressed that some of these ex-footballers can make the screen work because i'm thinking yeah actually that's quite impressive that you can make that thing work because i wouldn't have a clue even if you i spent you know, six weeks trying to learn it. I may think it's operate a- the door handle to get into the studio. <laughs> right. But, you know, in general, it's like so, you know, it's too much technology rather than having somebody that been there, seen it, done it, and go, you know what, that's all very well, but, you know, one thing you're forgetting is, and then you'll have someone, is it David Coulthard does the BBC? And it was sort of something like, it was say, I think you're forgetting that, you know, He's a human being in there, and he's fine by the seat of his pants. And I don't care who you are. That that's uh, you know that's um, what they say, squeaky bum time. I don't know if that's what it's, <laughs> you know. That is an expression. Uh, yeah, I have heard. Yeah, but so I'm saying it, it's that type of broadcasting. Uh, whereas if you had it on Sky, they'd be showing you the telemetry and saying, "Well, look at the the the, the, the reverse G force of that bend." I'm like, no, I'd rather know that it was squeaky bum time because I'd rather know how it feels rather than you know I'm not a Formula One racing driver and it means nothing to me. And it's almost like watching somebody play a, um, you know, Gran Turismo 6 on Sky rather than having someone go, oh, that was something else. You know how clever that undertake was. And I'm like, 
You know what? I, I don't know. I don't know what it's like to undertake someone at, you know, 140 mile an hour around a bend. It's not something I've done very often or I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to admit to anyway. And, um, <laughs> but, you know, you've got the guy on BBC who will go, you know what? Oh, and he'll, he'll explain how that feels rather than show you some telemetry. And I think that's the main difference with BBC Sport rather than Sky Sport. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'd say that. Say that's pretty accurate, actually. I yeah. get squeaky bum when I do my shows. Do you? <laughs> yeah, what about this show? Chair. Yeah, I got double squeaky bum for this show. Oh dear. Oh dear. Well, anyway, sorry to jump in, Sarah. I just that's, that's why right. I think BBC and Sky have a different sports approach. Okay, I'll keep the the it brief for the others because I know I've done quite a bit here. Um, the the next one was a a TV a three part TVC. Um, sorry, BBC. Uh, BB's business program called The New Troubleshooter but with Lord Dig- Digby Jones which was I thoroughly enjoyed because I like it's business programs Jones. yes um, the next one was a series about the Stuart Monarchs a three part series covering from James to Queen Anne which I really enjoyed and Is the last Lucy Worsley uh, I can't remember who did it because it's a while ago now I've got the whole thing recorded but I can't remember who it was um and the last thing was generally was the uh, BBC coverage of the World War One centenary, particularly in August. I thought it was very good. Yeah, that whole they, you know, it, it wasn't just online. They really said, you know what, you know, let, let's do a load of war stuff, and it was really nicely done as well. I completely agree. And it wasn't all sentimental as well. A lot of it was, you know, hard-hitting historical. Yeah, and I, th- I mean, as you probably gathered from that list, I, I, I am interested in history, and uh, um, you know, some of the coverage has been quite good. I, I don't know if there's much coverage on the BBC about the football match that happened on Christmas Day there's in a, 1914. Yeah, but there's something there is, going I'm on hope, about that. I'm hoping there's, there is something about it. There might be a new movie or something. There's something. You know, someone's doing something about it. It might just be, um, you know, it might just be a TV thing, but someone's definitely doing something about it. Um, yeah, I heard someone saying the other day, and, and you know, it, it wasn't the Blackadder one, you know, that was no way that was a goal, that was offside. I was never offside. No, there was some guy that was saying <laughs> about the match, and I mean, it was a recorded thing, but he was saying he was a major and he decided he wasn't going to go because he thought, you know what, they might not shoot each other as privates, but as soon as they see an officer in there, they'll forget about the truth and they'll just shoot me. So I just thought that was quite interesting. That was just the side of it I'd never thought of. Um, I just It was just like a comment I heard, and it was like, yeah, that makes sense. You know, it's like, I sought the truth. There's a major or a general, whatever he was. Let's just stab him, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah anyway. Yeah. My uh, sadly, my my first world war no- knowledge remains considerably lacking, and uh, it's one. It's of those... very very complicated. The first world war. Yeah. But the thing yeah. the thing about it, this is one of the reasons why I I, I don't you know obviously it's a, it was a bad thing that happened, but one of the reasons why when these anniversaries come round, it's a good opportunity to actually get your knowledge up to date and understand a little bit about things. And I've learnt a few things this you know this year because of the coverage. That I that I wasn't aware about from the First World War. Well, remain when I was A level, I you get to choose, and I did the First World War rather than the Second World War, and um, anyway, it's just a, just one calamity after another. 
Yeah. And the only, only reason that they, you know, they, they, you know, we were involved anyway. I mean, it only escalated to a world war because of people had made previous agreements, thinking, "Oh, no one's ever going to invade," you know. Sarajevo, no one's ever going to go there, no one's going to do this. And it was just like, oh, bugger, we made an agreement 10 years ago, not realising that anyone would be stupid enough to do that. And the Germans weren't even going to go round through Belgium or whatever at the time, which is all part of why we ended up getting involved. They weren't going to go that way, they were going to go another way. And if they'd have gone the way that they were going to go, we wouldn't have got involved. Because it was only to do with they wanted to get into France and the only non-protected border was the French-Belgian border, so they went through Belgium rather than having to try and fight the French through the French borders. And that's what brought us into it, and that's what escalated the whole thing. So it was Indeed. All, it was all very, very, very ridiculous reasons why the whole world... Yeah, anyway, I know that's got nothing to do with it. It, would, it has been very interesting, the historical context of that. And, of course, we went to see the poppies, which was nice. Yes, I was quite, I was quite pleased that I actually got to... I actually got to see, it, even though they were only halfway through them at the time, weren't they? When yeah. when I came down to London, yeah. The one thing about that that disappointed me is I think they should have left them there until Armistice 1918, because a lot of the people that it commemorated haven't been killed. Yeah. From from the hundred year anniversary, and yeah, I'm so sure it kind of seems that they should have left it there for four years. Hopefully they'll do something else. Mind you, that's some nice aerated ground now. Maybe they can do something with it. It's been properly spiked, that. It's, board, actually, it? it's been mm. beautifully spiked. It has. Maybe that was the idea. That's probably <laughs> Right. Well, let us move into the... Um, into what about me? Then I get a go into Into Alex's uh, <laughs> best in, oh, well, 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 in TV for 2014. <laughs> Right, I'm going to sort of rush, right? Because I was like, I don't. I mean, it's when Sarah mentioned like BBC um, um, documentaries. I probably watch two, three, four BBC documentaries a week. And if I watch four a week, 3.99 of them I think are brilliant. So I'm not going to talk about BBC documentaries because over a year, if I watched 200, 199 of them, I thought were unbelievably good. And they do put everything else to shame. I mean, recently, just, I don't know why, I just, years and years ago, I used to watch like the Discovery, this and the History Channel, that, and I just stopped watching them. And then recently, I must have lent on a remote and, uh, and you know, that channel happened to dial in and I thought, oh, I'll watch a bit of this. And I've been trying to watch it without going, this is utter tripe. It's utter, utter tripe. And, you know, you can see they're trying. I mean, I've I've given, you know, you know, 10 out of 10 for effort, but one out of 10 for content. It's absolute rubbish, especially the, the war stuff. It's like, what? Oh, anyway. So anyway, if you want to know what I watched this year, 200 BBC. (laughs) (laughs) They've done loads of art stuff this year, and they've also put loads of their art archives on. And uh, I was watching something. Oh, I, I won't go on about that because just go to the BBC um, iPlayer and just go to documentaries, and then you just you'll never ever not have something wonderful to watch. Right. So what I've watched this year that has surprisingly been good. Right. Um, the Musketeers that came out this year. Oh, of course it did. I never saw that. Uh, now, I started watching that sort of by accident. Was, I think it was a Sunday evening thing. And it was like, wow, this is good. I really didn't think I'd 
enjoy it. I mean, the last time I watched anything that I enjoyed with the Musketeers, I think it was Dog Tanyon. I was going to say, the last thing, the last thing, <laughs> thing when we were discussing this earlier in the year, we yeah. all agreed that the last thing we ever, we saw with the with the Musketeers was Dog Tanyon and the Muskerhounds. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, but the Musketeers was really good. It was, it had the right balance of, it was almost, I mean, because you were saying about, you know, historical drama with action. Yes, that is historical drama. But it had quite a lot of comedy in it. It was quite funny. And it was quite nicely funny as well. And, you know, it was more of a Robin Hood type thing, not the Prince of Thieves one. You know, the Robin Hood that I don't know if BBC or ITV did. Um, I was Beep as well. Yeah. I'm sure it was. The, the most recent one, which isn't that recent anymore. But, you know, it was more like that. And anyway, that was really good. And it was a surprise because I didn't think I'd get into it. And it is one, right, that it's because it's on the list here. And then I'm thinking, I'd never mention this, but every single week when it's on, I watch it on iPlayer. I never watch it when it comes out, but I never, ever miss this. And it's Citizen Khan, right? I don't know if you ever watch it. And I wouldn't, you know, it's not the type, it's, is it a sitcom? I suppose it's a sitcom, um, in quotes <laughs> yeah I don't know how you I don't know quite sure it is a sitcom but it's more just a it, it's just a very funny comedy right um, and so when I read this I was like people because I was looking up something about it the other day because I was watching it and someone turned up and I was wondering I was thinking I know who that is I couldn't remember their name so you know you go on to look it up on IMDB or whatever it's called <laughs> and um there was like loads of outcry when it first came out because of people saying, I mean, I don't think it was Muslim people complaining about it, but people were sort of saying, well, oh, you don't touch religion when it comes to comedy. And I was thinking, why not? It's Father Ted then. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, all right, you don't touch certain religion. I don't know how it works. Or Dibley. But I find it really, really, really funny. It's complete, look, it's, I suppose you could find it religiously offensive if you wanted. I don't know because it's not my religion and I don't find any religious stuff offensive, whatever religion. But it is just silly. It's funny. The characters are really cool. The characters are stupidly funny. And some of them are just like, you know, there's like a young daughter that, you know, she wears the hijab and she does the whole, you know, she, you know, wears the whole stuff. But She's always sitting there on the phone and always pretending to go to the mosque, but the father just, you know, there's a 24-hour um, prayer phone and, he, and she goes, I need some money for it, which basically means she's going out with her mates to go to a, a rave or something. And it's like, because it's not something people touch normally, but it's done really, I think it's done sympathetically and it always makes me laugh. And it, 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 don't get me wrong, he's not going to stretch the imagination at all. <laughs> It's not rude. It's not, well, like I say, to me, it's not offensive. And I hope it's not offensive to anyone else because I just find it really funny, really silly. And I was really glad when I looked through this list that I went, oh, God, I watch that every single week. And I would never normally mention it. Um, I'm not sure why. Maybe because I think, oh, I shouldn't mention it because it's got religion. Um, on the same thing, I always watch Not Going Out, The Lead oh. Man. And yeah. he, always managed, <laughs> he always manages to make me cringe and laugh at the same time and I think that's quite unique and it, it's it's a modern British French farce and I don't think there's anything wrong with it the only the last person that did the French farce that well I think was Frasier and uh, 
not going out. And some of the one-liners are just so, you think, that is so simple, but so clever. Yes. And you think, absolutely perfect. I'm almost embarrassed, but it's brilliant. I've always embarrassed to laugh at that, but it's really... And, and the, the, thing about- the girlfriend, not the girl, the, the, sorry, not the girlfriend, the girlfriend that was the, uh, the girlfriend of... Um, mate. His mate, and I've forgotten his name. Anyway, he's left. She's the funniest one of all. Yes. She is so... I, I, I well, don't know why trigger. this girl... Yeah, I don't know why trigger. this girl isn't in 50 more things. She is such an amazing comedy actress. I've never seen anyone play so straight, so brilliantly. I have a feeling no, she, she was in absolute power. Maybe. In she just walks on the screen and I'm ready to laugh. I know whatever she's about to say is going to crack me up. And, all, and she's never lets me down. I think she's brilliant. And this is written by Lee Mack, isn't it? It's really well written. Yeah, co-written. Yeah, yeah I think it's brilliant. Um, the last on this list, and I thought it was brilliant. I absolutely thought it was fantastic. And I remember it coming out and people giving it a kick in, was the BBC adaptation of Jamaica Inn. I think it was a two or three-parter early. It must have been, might have been January last year. Or this year, rather. Um, I thought it was brilliant. I thought it had the right tone of the original story. Um, It was dark. It was really dirty. And I don't mean dirty in a rude way. It was grime. It was all those things that it should be. And it was all the things that it was written to be. And it wasn't, you know, tarted up at all. It was, you know, it was Cornish shipwreckers and murderers and, it was dirty and it was horrible. It was grime. And this was a, a young girl that ended up throwing in, being thrown into it because her mother had died and she had to go and live with her auntie that happened to be married to the guy that run Jamaica in. And he was the head git, you know, he was the head. <laughs> <plastic player. laughs> git. Um, I think I work for that person. Oh dear. <laughs> and, uh, that was a tremendous three part. I remember it came out, people going, Oh, we couldn't understand it. It was something wrong with the sound. They were using, they were using the correct accent with the correct dialect of the time and uh, I never had a problem with it but you know maybe I just spent enough time in Cornwall well, to, to see a, the accent that's how you talk after you've had a few drinks Alex oh, I talk like that when I'm tired <laughs> I just can't even get half the show titles and me getting my words wrong it is yeah it's like uh, Mark, Marco's P- Polaroid or whatever we <laughs> called last <laughs> Last week's episode. <laughs> okay. Possibly the best thing on TV this year, and it was what I was looking forward to, because we already mentioned it, was The Village. It was a superb period drama. Um, and I quite like, I, what I do like is they're moving through history with the same characters with the same village. And you can, if you follow, watch the first episode, not an episode, first series, and then you can see the relationships and, you know, the, you know, the, the, the locals being able to have a little bit more power over the big house. You know, you can see things changing and, and, you know, you're following it through and there's not a million characters. There's, it's just, again, it's like dark and grimy, but there's not a million things going on, but they're really important moments and they'll, you know, where was it now? So it was, uh, it must have been in the 20s because the first one was in the First World War. And it was, um, you know, it was, you know, the Labour Party coming in, you know, 
coming into power, you know, the chance basically of the Labour Party. And, you know, people thinking, you know, we don't have to just, you know, tick a box where we're told to tick. We don't have to put up with what we, you know, people had choices. Things change anyway. So it's like really nicely done in a historical context. And I think, again, it's like one of those things I watch it and I'm like, why isn't everyone talking about this? I don't understand why. But of course, you know, it's not going to be, you know, it's not going to be the, the biggest thing that on telly that year because, you know, let's face it, it's well written, it's well acted, and it's historically accurate. And the Americans aren't going to want it. You know, it's not that, it's not the populist, it's not the Downton Abbey, which, you know, I've, I watched some of Downton Abbey this year. I just, I didn't you know, I think that's lost its way. That could have been my, you know, one of the things you were a bit disappointed with. But, you know, this is, if you like, this is Downton Abbey for real people. And maybe people don't want to know real people. Maybe this year was the wrong year. This year there's been too much real stuff with the, you know, the First World War commemorations. So maybe they weren't ready for it. But so that there are three, four, I don't know how many things I just said. There are some really good high points of the year. Um, and not maybe not the things that people would be expecting. There's been some blockbuster stuff on telly and it's been good. But they've not been surprisingly good they've just been good because of they were good nothing special but people might have missed these and if you can seek them out i really would especially jamaica in i think that was really underrated hmm. so there you go excellent well let's have a let's have a very quick look at uh, the 2014 best in streaming uh i think one of the things that we can all agree or at least everyone who owns one that my tv or or who everyone who uses this service this is perhaps the year where amazon prime streaming instant delivery next day premium service kind of came of age do we not think oh, God, more yes. and more stuff arrived on it you've got the they got the fire tv <clears throat> coming to the uk everything seems a lot better about it uh, it's a fantastic little box uh, sarah have you have you seen the fire tv or have you even or have you got one no, I haven't. Ah. Um, well, we can all highly recommend it. <laughs> okay. I mean, it's something I will um, look at doing. I've been um, not decide. I haven't decided what to do and, and where to go down this this route. But um, it's something that I do intend to. Just the content's not there to attract me to it. I know that may seem a bit sad when you think about some of the stuff that is there, but most of the stuff I watch is. It's in terms of sit down and watch, is on to, is on um, is on BBC. Yeah, but the iPlayer's on it. But there's yeah, also there's sure, a ton more there's a ton more streaming. iPlayer's still not not a lot of good if you're in Ireland. No, <laughs> there's enough. I mean, I saw something recently where apparently they're, um, I think it's the I can't remember, um, exactly where I saw it, but they were saying that there, there's a consultation starting on the what the, how they're going to license the um, the BBC license fee is going to work in the future, and they're looking at possibly going to a subscription model for it. Now, to me, that's great, because as a BBC license fee payer, um, and I want to be able to watch my, con- my BBC content on iPlayer anywhere in the world. Because yeah. I'm a BBC license player, I shouldn't only have to watch it because I'm in when I'm when I'm in the UK. Just set up a VPN. I know, but I'm talking about legally. Well, it's legal. You paid for it, as you just said. You're you're just. It's like, not legal to do that. Though, yeah, Carl. it is. Yeah, it yeah is. it's a great. Yeah, area. No one's going to no care. 
No, I think it is legal because you've paid for it. I think it's illegal if you don't have a license. Mm. If you do have a TV license, I think it is legal. No, but the point I'm trying to make is the fact that if I pay a subscription, which I'd be more than happy to pay for the BBC if it's the alternative to the license fee, because well, my, my favourite, co- my uh, best content of the year, I can't think kind of answers that. Um, then at least I know that I'll be able to watch it anywhere I happen to be in the world, which is fine. I suppose, I I mean, I suppose in a funny way, that does open up the BBC. So everyone that's got a licence fee here would still have a licence fee. It'd just be called a subscription. But then it would be opened up to the rest of the world and they might yeah. be able to pull in a lot more revenue. Because as soon as people go, actually, you know what? Looking at the rubbish we're watching here, that might not be such a bad idea, idea to get a BBC subscription. Maybe they could do a BBC iPlayer subscription for the rest of the world. Yeah, I mean, the BBC have got a good reputation around a lot of the world. And, you know, I think there's a massive opportunity there. Yeah. Um, anyway, let's not get into that because that's not really the issue. So, um, But, yeah, no, I mean, I, I do actually watch stuff on you know, in terms of streaming, I had to really think about this because it's all, you know, it's obviously also all the usual tech things we watch like Twit and stuff like that. But um, I think the big thing for me that I watch, that I do watch or more listen to online is uh, Major League Baseball America. Uh, and yeah. I do listen to an awful lot of that every season. Alex yawned when you said that. I, oh. <laughs> I didn't mean to. I just, it was like, do I go for the button or do I just go for the hand over the mouth? And if you hadn't outed me, I think we'd go away with that. <laughs> go on, Alex. It say what you're going to say. Let's it would have been a, a gasp. What? No. It was no, an intention. It was not a... It was a real yawn. Yeah, it wasn't a... Uh, oh, poor dear. Oh, dear. <laughs> no, I watch MLB. I mean, I, I, I remember talking to you once and you were listening to it and I had the game live on my telly. Yeah. I mean, I quite BT like Sp- MLB. Well, the great thing about having BT Sport, which we also have, is the fact that you get ESPN and they, they well, they broadcast the whole of the World Series live, but they also do a lot of games live, which is good. All the ESPN, yeah, um, Sunday night games and other games. I, mean, I can't, as well. I can't, I can't watch too much American football; it melts my brain. But I, I didn't really like baseball until I went to, well, I suppose, half a dozen Yankees games in. There was a series, so I think they were playing at home. So I watched three home games of one. I don't know who they played. I can't remember. So I watched three home games, and about a week and a half later, I watched another three home games, you know, over three nights. Yeah. And I did that at the stadium, and I was like... Yankee Stadium? Yeah, and I was like, I quite like this. This was... I don't know, because at first it was like, oh, a bit repetitive, and then I started getting into it, because I sort of... I had a team to support then. Yeah. And the moment I had a team to support, it was like, oh, actually, yeah, I get this. I get Mm. why this is quite fun. Yeah. Well, as someone that used to play baseball, I understand the psyche a lot more between the catcher and the pitcher, and it does actually add something to it when you yeah. understand that. Yeah, I'm saying again, like, get a lady on. Sport, sport, sport. That's all it is. Sorry, Carl. Yeah. What's, what's wrong? Yeah, well, who would have thought that, eh? Indeed, indeed. But um, what, what else, what, what, what's on your, on your list of, of, <clears throat> as far as what you thought was best in streaming in 2014 then, Sarah? Um, oh, it's difficult to say really because I don't really watch very much of it. So she just, just she said that. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I know you. I know you. You. You did say that, but the, you. I mean, I don't. There's <laughs> generally, there's generally, there's generally one or two things more. So who's going to mention uh, House of Cards? Should we well, just get that one? Well, out? well, hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Hang on. A minute. Let's just get a. We'll, we'll get. We'll get the individual that, stuff out. out. That's an interesting point, actually, Alex, because. 
that's one if I had Netflix, I would definitely watch. Because no, I enjoyed I the original. recommend it. Because <laughs> yes. I enjoyed oh, the original wonderful. series. Yeah. And I like, I, I do like Kevin Spacey, so, mm. um, mm. you Big know, butch from a number, from well, a number right, of films then. he's been in that I enjoyed him in. So I would definitely watch it, but I'm not going to pay a Netflix subscription just for that. <laughs> you pay well, you have to pay for one month. Yeah, watch yeah. More. I know. Ninja the whole the whole lot. Sorry, but I don't have the time to sit down and watch an entire series in one weekend or something. Oh, you got a priority. Life's too short. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Beyond about it, it's only two baseball games. So it's it, <laughs> <laughs> oh, very funny, Carl. <laughs> so if um, well, let's let, let's let's head on to House of Cards then, because that's probably probably my contender for um for the the best streaming thing which has come just out of streaming i'm sure you have you have one thing in particular which rivals it alex i have yes well <laughs> uh, so we're not right let's go best thing at the moment on the entertainment planet is series three ripper street it just i mean you know like we were saying about sherlock and it's like, you know, the, the hype was such, it let me down, right? Well, it's just completely opposite. BBC decided to let it go because of the figures weren't bad. I just, I, I don't know, some political thing was going on. So the, the BBC tried let, decided to let it go. And Amazon step in and everyone goes, it's a weird thing for Amazon to step in on. I don't know why they've picked that. i tell you what, Amazon have let the writers write, the actors act, if it's an hour, I mean, I watched one Friday, which was an hour and 15, right, on the BBC, like 57 minutes or something. Um, and next week's might be 65 minutes. And, and you know, they don't pull their punches. And it, it is a bit gorier. And I look at that and go, mm, I can see where the, the BBC edit's going to be. <laughs> but it's like the opposite. There was no hype. It was people like Ripper Street, but not enough, so it went. And Amazon have taken it over. And, you know, it didn't just blow my socks off, it's blown my shoes off, my socks off. You know, uh, I'm worried about the soles of my feet because of the so exposure. off going as well, then. It is and has been. I mean, there was bits of it. I tell you what, I, there, there's a storyline from the first series, and there was bits of this series three. And I had tears streaming down my eyes. It was like, <laughs> and it was done so brilliantly and so heart-wrenchingly and then I'm not going to spoil it because it's that good isn't it? I would not spoil do a spoiler and they're just I, I love the fact I, I, you know I've got a thing about dirt and grime but I love the fact that it's <laughs> absolutely real and they speak in the right cadences for the time you know they don't do any of this oh you know people might not understand it so let's sort of just use a bit more modern talk no some and it's some of the things they think. They? Yeah, and some of the <laughs> things they say, and I like have to think for half a second. Oh, yeah, okay, that's yeah, that makes sense. But you've said it the other way around, and so we'd say it now. Um, and it just stays in there the whole time. And and the characters, you know, people have gone from being goodies to such baddies, but for reasons that make sense they don't want to be evil they need to to do something good in the long run and and you know this person's responsible for that and this person who was still loves that person but you know just doesn't work out and he's got a new person and they're all they're all the same characters but they're all got different they were 
time has moved on and for absolutely bona fide all reasons they've got different relationships and it's pulling them all back and they're trying to get away from this place and it's a bit like in the way Whitechapel was as a program the area and I know it's got a historical reference because of Ripper Street etc but the area pulls them back in all the time and every time they want to leave something happens and they're like no I can't leave this place and not because I love it it's because I hate it but I must do my bit you know this this is you know this is one of the hardest harshest horriblest places there is in the world but if I leave here it's only going to get worse for other people and you know it's really so there's people being pulled left and right and there's you know, there's, there's very little positive. And they're sort of bringing in almost Holmesian, which I was thinking last couple of weeks. They're bringing in develops in, developments in policing and they're bringing it in to the scripts. They're bringing in fingerprinting for the first time. They're bringing in, last series they brought in The Telegraph, you know, and they were able to catch people because they were able to speak to another police station. And now, for various reasons, the chief inspector is now um, in, in, you know, incapacitated a little bit. So, but he started to build a, like a reference library of um, you know known criminals and known crimes, and he's trying to refer to that because he can't run around so much and you know do the bashing heads together, police, and, and it's like really so historically, it's really interesting, and. You know, I've got to be honest, of what, of all the programs there are, if something bad is going to happen, you know, in a lot of programs, if something bad is going to happen, you think, oh, it's okay, they'll, they'll give you something good in, replace, in, in place of it or something, or something good will turn around. I'll tell you what, in this place, if something bad is going to happen, they'll double it and then treble it and then they'll kick you in the head with it. <laughs> but they, they don't even seem to throw you a, you know, a crumb sometimes. But it's so so powerful and sometimes I like finished watching it and I think oh wow I, I might need a drink I need something to just sort of take the edge off that Steady it's that nerves. powerful <laughs> and then you sort of I watch it I tend to watch it the next day because in the old days when it was on BBC I'd watch it get excited and may even watch it again I can't do it I'm too shattered after watching an episode of Ripper Street to watch it straight away um, it's that powerful and it's that good and you know, I don't know what we've had now, five or six, I can't remember now. And, you know, the last one was a good episode. And at the end of it, you're left so angry. Because, you know, I don't want it to end like that. But they end it in the reality of the time, not in the Hollywoodized, yeah, but it all ended up happily ever after. It's like, no, I don't want that. And then they just end it and you go, you sod. <laughs> Well, but anyway, so I just think it's fantastic. Yeah. Utterly, utterly fantastic. Well, I think House of Cards probably gets my my vote for best of best of streaming because it really it really does um for, right from the first episode this this last series it was um it was a role more of a roller coaster than the first series because the first series had had a little bit of a little bit of a dip in the middle of it but um but this one, this one was really good all the way through, and of course, I, I also I started watching The Good Wife this year, um, which really which, you never mentioned it. Yeah, no, no, I didn't. I kept it to myself. 
<laughs> Which and that was that's yeah that's superb. Continues to win many awards, and also Castle, little known series. I don't think anyone's heard me talk about that before. Castle, Russ yeah. and Castle watching on a stream. K I S S I B B U F F E R N I G. Yeah. So, Mister Carl. Yes. What do you reckon? What's your where does your vote lie? Um, streaming stuff. Um, I don't know really. Um, or I'm just happy with my little box, my Amazon box thing. Really, um, nothing really jumped out of me this year through uh, stream wise. Nothing I can think of anyway. I mean, all the stuff it does is from TV and films and stuff. So, when are you going to start watching House of Cards? I am in that first series slump. You first, oh dear! Which you just mentioned, and I, I can't get out of it because I've got a million other things that I find interesting that I want to watch every single week. And like most people, you know, my time's limited. Um, and so it just all gets pushed back. I mean, one, if I ever get a, a darn week off, maybe over Christmas or something, um, I do intend to go. I nearly pressed go on it the other day, actually. But then I watched Bloody Ripper Street because, <laughs> because it's sitting there and I'm still on season one of that as well. And Alex like raves on about season three all the time. And I'm thinking, I've got to grind through this like bit here to get to season two to get to season three. I'm not grind, grind's the wrong word. But, um, you know, I've got to get through the season so I can get to where he's at and he's saying, oh, these, these are just amazing shows. Um, I watched a Ripper Street the other day. I had Paul McGann in it, which was quite shocking. To me, Good heavens. Because yeah. I was thinking, is that Paul McGann? Is that Paul McGann? Oh, yeah, he was in one, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Was, not well, a goodie. No, no, no. Oh, dear. Spoiler. No one's a good. There is no goodie. No, exactly. No, I was about to say, no one good in it. <laughs> yeah. Even like, the policemen are complete gits. <laughs> yes. But, um... <laughs> That's that's I do I am a bit I am a bit miffed at the fact that um, Amazon saved Ripper Street but let Whitechapel go. I gotta say, but yeah, I can understand why. Yeah. It's a completely separate idea. Though. Yep, yep, I know. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure we gonna get some more streaming stuff. And it's weird because I'm such a component, like you know, such a proponent of. Um, of these streaming services like House of Cards. I was really excited about House of Cards and Orange is New Black. And I don't watch them. And I don't understand why. I'm, I'm glad they exist. And I'm glad like Netflix and Amazon Prime are doing their thing. But I still, because I know they're going to be there for ages, yeah. I have no complaint. If they told me next month they're going, I'll yeah. watch them. It's, you know, it's, it's that fact that I know they're going to be there. Yeah, Scott Johnson on the morning stream has made the same point because he's never watched House of Cards either. And he always says that, well, it House of Cards belongs to Netflix. It's mm. not like they're going to announce next week that, oh, Netflix, you've, you've got five days to watch, to watch so House of Cards. So it's that thing. It's weird. It's, I'll tell you what else changed for me, though, media-wise this year. First time I ever noticed, right? I used to buy DVDs. I used to be, buy VHS tapes back in the day. And I'd buy massive collections of movies. I'd go out and I'd buy like a dozen movies every payday and just stack, like, watch them once and stack them on my shelf. I, used to, I did the same with DVDs. And I started to do the same with Blu-rays. Something this year has switched in my mind where why do I need this anymore? And I don't bother. Now I'll just watch a film, I'll rent it rather than anything else, and I'll watch it once and it's gone. And I never have to worry about it. Something's changed inside my my like fetid little mind that I don't need to keep these things. They're no longer important. They're no longer a scarcity. They're always going to be there in some form or another if I ever want to watch them again. Um, chasing them around the streaming services for the rest of your yeah, days. But, you know, <laughs> but at least it's not physically taking up room in my house. It's just, it's gone. And, and just getting rid of all media 
and just relying on digital, it's a, it's, it was a big step at the time, but now I just love it. I couldn't go back. Yeah, there is a... I, I know we have this argument, but, I mean, recently, I, I've bought a lot less DVDs and various things than I used to. But I was like, uh, lately, I, I tend to try and watch something before I go to bed. At that point before, you know, I've got to end the day and I've got to go to bed and I need to just turn my brain off a little bit before one goes to the other. And I realised, only a couple of weeks ago, for the last month or so, it's all been on DVD. And some of it I've gone and bought. Uh, you know, it's just I've gone back to it and I've bought DVDs recently, which is you know, slightly odd, I suppose. But I don't, I'm not ready to be completely reliant, certainly not ready to be completely reliant on streaming because of even though I've got a fairly stable connection, twice in the last month I've gone to use it and it's like not working. And I'm like, right, that's it. And there's no second chance. It's Read not like book. I'm going to sit there and <laughs> sod around trying to fix it. <laughs> right, that ain't working. And, of course, because I pay all the stuff for the TV, I, sometimes I get beaten by it and go, no, I'm actually going to watch something. And there's something quite nice about something being on telly at a certain time and watching it. I mean, I've got to admit, the TiVo, I went through it um, with the youngest the other day because it's a terabyte and it was like 90% full. <laughs> and I went through it and basically I deleted everything on it that was mine because of a year and a half ago I set up series links on things and it's been recording them and I've not watched a single episode of a single thing that the TiVo's recorded I, I watch it live most of it's on the BBC so I watch it on iPlayer and I've just I, I'm, there's various kids films that my kids but the only other thing I was going to mention that I left off the list because of uh, it just to do with this is elementary's come back and it's come back really strong you know the but that's that's sherlock that's not pretending to be sherlock so that works <laughs> in the respect all, all i'm saying is that switch inside my head has just switched from these things are scarce so you must buy them and keep them in just in case one day you want to watch them to just saying i'm fine with it if i can't watch that the godfather because it's nowhere at the moment i'll watch something else there's enough content out in the on the world now I mean you know I remember growing up and when Star Wars was on TV for the first time I had to slam a VHS tape in and record it and that was a cherished possession because <laughs> Star Wars might not be on for another year and a half you know mm. it wouldn't get repeated every five it doesn't hours. stream anywhere though does it no, no it, it it, they're gonna I bet you they're gonna do a massive uh, campaign when that new film comes out well I've, I've had loads of things on Amazon recently saying uh, you know, the Star Wars original tri trilogy DVD or Blu-ray set cheapest ever. The Star Wars <laughs> complete yeah. Blu-ray, whatever, you know, and it's like, yeah, well, I don't exactly. want it. I'm like, never going to buy Star Wars again. I bought it enough freaking times yeah. in my life. I'm I, not buying it again. I'll tell you one thing I've I did. I've still got videos that haven't been opened. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you one thing I did buy this year, and it's the first time I bought a CD in quite yeah, a while. Yeah, so I'm pointing my my Pink Floyd The Endless River album. Um and uh, this was a this is a really good purchase. Yeah, it's, I enjoyed it. It's it's a really good album. Just a good, you know, a nice a nice way to finish off uh finish off the band's career, I think. And um it, it sounds even better when it comes off a CD rather than these Does horrible compressed nasty <laughs> MP3. 
Mac and forth shows. Is, yeah, this it's quite whole, 64 is, kilobits a second in Mac and forth. Shut up. <laughs> this is the whole point, though, Russ, isn't it? Um, I mean, it, I know Alex touched on it a bit there as well, but I, when it comes to whether it's films or CDs, I'd rather actually buy the CD. And I know what Carl said, you end up buying it on this format and that format and that format. But I'd rather actually buy it on the CD or the DVD and then rip it. And then I buy it on, or do what and, I do, buy it on Amazon and don't have yeah, to rip it because you get what, it anyway. Yeah, that's what I did or, with or, the yeah, Andrew, yeah. Or that, I haven't opened a CD but, yet. But also part of the reason why I don't um, subscribe to like Netflix is because there's, there's very limited amount of things that I would actually want. And if I want it, I'll buy it on the DVD rather than pay an amount of money every month for most of the content that I don't actually want. I'll just buy the set that I want and now I've got that myself. I don't need that. I'm not relying on the stream. But how many times do you want? This is what I'm saying. This is what I, this is what went off in my head. How I've, I asked, I honestly asked myself, how many times do I watch this film? And the amount of stuff that I bought, and I've watched it once when I initially bought it, and never ever gone back. And then I asked myself, well, am I ever likely to go back and watch it again? No. So why have I bothered? You know, but even like classic films, like The Godfather, I watch The Godfather maybe a couple once every couple of years. But you can get that anywhere now and even if i have to go and rent it from itunes or, or or the play one um so what it's for three quid what's what's the big deal i mean i'll watch it i'll, I'll enjoy it move on and i'll forget about it again for another two three years so i want to watch it again i i know the, the the whole thing about blu-rays and dvds and cds and stuff is it was pushed on us these things are rare they are they are there for you to keep now, especially Disney. Disney used to have a limited selling period for some of their films, like quick, go and buy a yeah, Beauty and the Beast. I made because a they did, yes. yeah, exactly. And it's it's complete falsehood in this day yes. and age now. No, we I agree do not with you, need Carl. this anymore. I, I agree. Make so much money out of that, though. <laughs> but the whole point rather, is yeah. that the CD and the DVD for me is the backup. It oh, saves me having to back it up. So you know, if 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 my ripped film or ripped CD gets, you know. You know, the hard drive crashes or whatever with all that stuff on. Fine, I'll just rip it again. You know what the thing is, though, and this is something I've learned because I've sort of trained myself to use it properly. Not only with, for me, it's Spotify, but with Netflix and Amazon, it's the discovery. It's the discovery of things that I would never have dreamt of watching and finding out that I really enjoyed them. Mm. And if you do it by DVD and this, like you stay stuck in the rut of only things that you know of or only things. That... I would, uh, yeah, I, I guess I can understand that. But then I mean, that was new to me because I, you know, before I sort of did this show with these guys, I'd never watched. Um, oh, I don't want to call them a comic film. I don't know what they're called. Um, superhero type thing. Yeah, I've never watched <laughs> any. And you know, look, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to become a superhero addict or anything. Star but I've watched. Yeah, Star Trek Next Generation. I've watched quite a few superhero films and they've been a really pleasant afternoon or evening. You know, they've been fun. I, might, I probably won't watch that film again, but they're good. I watched some Batman stuff. I'd never seen it before and it's on Amazon Prime and I really enjoyed it. I was like, mm. there's a... and But I would, you know, there's no way I ever would have bought that video or DVD. And let's not say there's a discovery aspect to it and music even more so with Spotify. And I'm like, yes, I'd agree with that. The thing is, what I've done is, I was, I don't know, I was talking, I was talking to another mate. I actually have another friend that isn't on this podcast. How dare you, sir? There's only one other person I know that isn't. Oh, well, that's enough then. Can other people see them? Yes, (laughs) (laughs) only occasionally, only when there's a full moon. But But I was saying to him the other day, because 
when it was a little while ago, and we, oh, I don't know about you, but I was running around thinking, oh, there's only 24 hours in a day. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. And that was like this. Um, I believed that if I sat down and watched the TV or to do something, I was wasting my time. I wasn't being productive. I wasn't being proactive. I wasn't doing this. I could be doing more with my time. And then I started hanging around with these bunch of reprobates. And they sort of said, yeah, but, you know, there is time that is yours as well. You know, you don't have to be running around like a lunatic the whole time trying to prove yourself to be, you know, a modern man. And so at first it was really hard for me to sit down and say, oh, I'll watch a bit of Netflix because I felt guilty. Like, oh, no, I should be doing something productive. And then, you know, there's a nice balance. And I now say, oh, there's a couple of hours here. That is my Netflix time. I will find something on Netflix to watch. And in general... I can. I have Amazon, but to be honest, I'm an Amazon Prime member because I use Amazon for a lot of shopping and the streaming comes with it. I probably wouldn't go out my way to buy Amazon streaming other than Ripper mm. Street, which now I'm stuck, but I have that anyway. But I'm really happy to have the, I don't know, because you watch this, you might watch that. And there's some of them I've never even heard of and I think, well, if in 10 minutes time, if it's rubbish, I'll turn it off. And in general, I reckon I've, Say with Netflix recommendations over the last year, and we're talking about last year, I may have turned off two things out of all the recommendations, and I've enjoyed them. And mm. half the things I've come on and said, "What you've been watching?" I go, "I saw that, and I was really surprised. It was really good because it knows me now." And oh, we it, all know you, sir. Yeah, well, we all know me. <laughs> but the point is, you know, you got to say, you know, these two hours are mine. These two hours are mine to, if it's waste, if it's sleep, if it's read a book, if it's stand on one leg pretending I can do yoga, it's up to me. And one of the things I choose to do is use that couple of hours every now and again to watch Netflix. And the discovery part of it has opened my eyes to whole new genres that I didn't really even consider being entertainment. And I found them really exciting. Hmm? That's all I'm yeah. saying on the fact. Well, there you go. There you go. Right. Let us move into our final, the final segment. Rush through this. What are we looking for? We have to rush for it because we don't know what they're actually going to be. We just know the names of them. Well, indeed. uh, I don't know even know what you're talking about. A few names. What are we looking forward to in in 2015? I've put Star Trek. uh, Star Star Trek. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he's getting his Trek and his Wars. Star Wars. What a rookie mistake. Return of the Killer Ewoks or whatever it's going to be called. (laughs) And um, Terminator Force Genesis. Force Awakens. The Force Awakens, that's it, yeah. Um, Terminator Genesis, which seems like uh, an interesting an interesting film to me. It'll, uh, re- it'll kickstart Arnie's career again. Mr. <laughs> Mr. Madden, what's on your list, sir? Well, obviously I've got Star Wars. I mean, I've watched the trailer countless times already. It's unbelievable. I've I mean, watched countless really versions sad. of the trailers. <laughs> well, no, I just love it. Um, Avengers Age of Ultron uh, coming oh, yes, later in the yes, month. Yes. I mean, I'm looking forward I'd to that. I forgot that was out next year. Trailer looks spectacular yeah. again. Mind you, trailers do. I mean, that's their job, isn't it? Indeed. To look spectacular. That's the whole. Have you ever gone back and watched a film from the seventies and watched their trailer? Oh dear, it's hilarious. I don't get it, right? <laughs> You're a trailer of a, of a film, and that comes first, right? Yes. yes. But when you stick a trailer on the back of your car, it goes behind and it comes second. It does. God. <laughs> Unless you're reversing the trailer carefully into your driveway. Um, there is probably a reason for that, Alex. That the trailer is made after the film is filmed. Hey, look at that. Because it includes clips from the film, doesn't it? Okay, so you're trailing something to the public. So why are you trailing something behind you? I don't get it. One is a forward-looking thing. and one. Anyway, never mind. It just 
popped it's probably because of the way it's weird. made rather than the way it's shown <laughs> okay. just um, one of those weird things that just popped into my head also we get another remake Jurassic well not remake a, a follow up Jurassic Jurassic World next year as well that looks fantastic as you say Terminator Genesis looks interesting uh, whole time travel thing I'm waiting to see how they saw that Mad Max Fury Road now <laughs> <laughs> the reason I put this down because I've seen the trailer and it just looks violent beyond belief and it just looks very exciting and lots of explosions and things that keep me like moving around and interested. That's me. Um, there's a film called Kingsman's Secret Service coming out that looks fairly interesting. It's sort of like a young person, James Bond, but it just looks insane. It looks really... It's done by Matthew Farn as well. So he's the guy that done Kick-Ass and uh, Layer Cake and... Um, superhero movie I can't remember what superhero movie did um, as well but um, and that looks interesting uh, duh, 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 what else uh, new Pixar movie Inside Out <laughs> so the premise of Inside Out is we have these five emotions in our head each of us I think have our five, these five emotions in our head called joy, fear, disgust sadness and anger and they all sit in the control room and they they watch the world through our eyes and how they react they influence how we deal with the world sounds like the numbskulls I don't know, but it looks very interesting for just from the trailer alone. Um, uh, what else? Um, Ant-Man, of course, that's another oh, Marvel film. Course, Kicks yeah. off their phase three movies, Ant-Man. And it was announced last week, James Bond. Yeah. 007. Spectre. Spectre. Blofeld back. Indeed. That's exciting. Yeah. I that's... think it could be. I'm looking forward to it. Let's I'm going to pick so. one to make myself sound like I know what I'm talking about. Fair enough. I'm going to pick Better Call Saul because everyone in the world knows something about it and I have no idea what it's about. It's, it's, like, oh, it's something to do with Breaking Bad. I'm not, sure we're actually, I'm not sure we're going to get that in the UK until 2016. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. It just makes me look like I was paying attention. It does. It's brilliant. Um, I can't even fake up anything else I'm looking forward to. Um, I'm looking okay. forward to the hope that Whitechapel is saved by somebody. Uh, I don't think it will be. I think that's. I think that's a dumb deal. I just. Um, I just hope the Doctor Who returns slightly better than it was this year. <laughs> well, I think there was enough this year. Um, to make me think next year will be okay. I mean, I don't know. I haven't got a list here of what's up and coming because I mean, I was really thinking about TV, but um. No, I mean, I think like, I mean, there's things like my wife watches Broadchurch and she said it's really good. And uh, I'm sort of thinking, well, at some point I'm going to catch up with that. So when the new series comes out, I'm going to be ready to run with it. Because, I, you know, when she explains it to me, I go, that sounds like something I'd really like. But, um, you know, I've got to catch up with it in my own time and sort of find out that I really like it without all the hype surrounding me. And then I can sort of come to it a bit like uh, I did with Downton Abbey, you know. It'd be like, I mean, I came to Downton Abbey in about series four. And I was like, yeah, that's all right. I mean, it's on its way down now. But yeah, um, I just more power to the BBC, to be honest. I mean, they will come up with some amazing costume drama that will blow my mind. I'm quite looking forward, if it ever gets made, to the Charles Dickens thing that the BBC were trying to get made. I mean, that could be spectacular. Um, and to be honest, if it... If it's like the other adaptations they do, and then with the life of Charles Dickens thrown into it, to me, it sounds like a, a winner the whole way. So let's hope we get that in 2015. Indeed, indeed. I don't well, think we will. 
I think it'll be 2016, but, uh, you know, why not? It sounds like an autumn thing, so they've got, what, nine months? I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what would be nice is if, uh, if uh, Paramount and CBS announced that they were going to do the same... Uh, what? They're going bankrupt. No. <laughs> they were going to announce that they're going to do the same uh, remastering treatment for Star Trek Deep Space Nine as they've done for TNG. I think I think that would be super. Does it really, really, really help? The the blue oh, yeah, does. Yeah. Oh yes, <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm going to get to the end of Star Trek Next Generation, and I think I'll probably do that by February. I'll send you some screen captures, Alex. You can see for <laughs> yourself, or just watch the trailers. Because it's trailer trash. It is. It is. Now, is that trailers that come after or come before? Well, they they come before you watch it. Sarah, what what are you looking forward to next year? Anything in um, particular? The first what the first one that I came up with, and um, I was hoping that Alex wasn't going to mention it because I thought he was going to, was um, a new Sherlock Holmes film called Mister Holmes, starring Ian McKellen. Oh, oh yes, of course, of course. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> which, uh, Ooh, and the Dad's Army movie. Yes, oh, yeah. we have a we all have we have a date to go and how see that. Get, don't we? <laughs> we I was going to say how Alex, how did you get from Sherlock Holmes to Dad's Army? So I was just thinking, there's very few things yeah. that I'm looking forward to next year. It's all stuff we've. And then I was thinking, you mentioned a movie, and I went, and the other movie. I've been only waiting about 15 years for it. Anyway, yes, that Dad's Army, Dad's Army, that Sherlock Holmes looks really interesting because of what they're doing. Yes, it is when when he's uh, quite old. So, yeah, uh, it's going to be interesting to see. I, I mean, I've often thought Ian McKellen would actually make a good Sherlock Holmes. Um, but it, there's it, been it, plenty it, of books like the Beekeepers. Uh, is it called the Beekeepers Assistant? That was a book I read a little while ago. Mm. There's plenty of books based on after Sherlock Holmes retires. There's a. It's normally a relative of his housekeeper, which I think this one is as well. Mm. Uh, who wants to get involved in detectiveness or just happens to be around Sherlock Holmes when something happens. So the bee, Beekeeper's Apprentice, I think it was called. Uh, it was a good book. But, you know, this sort of story has been done before and I really enjoyed them because it gives Holmes, um, you know, a space. It's like Holmes having Watson, but Watson not being the, uh, you know, the understudy. Yeah. You know, and I'm quite looking forward because if it's done right, like I say, the Big Beaker's Apprentice was very good. It's really, really interesting. And you can go to places where, you know, because you can modernize it. You can modernize it because of you've got another time because Holmes is old and you've got a young person with a different idea. And they can actually fight with Holmes, as in, you know, they can disagree with the best way forward. It's very interesting. I hate to burst your bubble, but Dad's Army is not till the 5th of February 2016. Oh, it's nearly oh, 2015. Brilliant. Yeah, I mean, they've, they've only literally just cast it, haven't they? It was, remember, the thing... No, Dad's when, Army, they've already they... filmed most of it. I think they started oh, they, yeah. they've started principal photography, I think. No, they've already filmed most of it, because I saw someone, I can't think who the actor... I'll tell you what, is the actor that was in In Between Us. Oh, and he was in yeah. and saying the other day, and he goes, yeah, he's done loads of it. It's like, you know... So anyway, anyway, that's not Sherlock. I just jumped right. in with the other one. So, so Sarah, yeah. what what else? Is, what um, else have you got there? The other um, other ones. What uh, obviously Star Wars Seven. Hey. Um, I'm not really a star a, a star 
sorry, sci-fi fan, but I got into that series around the time of Return of the Jedi and um, enjoyed it. So I am quite looking forward to it, though I don't know whether it's going to be as good, but I'll give it a go and see where they're going with it. So um, I'll let the yeah. hype die down first, though. Yeah, probably. I mean, I won't be one of the first ones to watch it, but I will go and see it at the cinema. Um, that was my I, Lord, that was my objection to Lords of the Rings and the Hobbit. Even if it was going to be any good, I just couldn't take the the absolute tranche of hype that surrounded it. And if you imagine what it was like for that, can you imagine what it's going to be when Star Wars comes out? They're going to be flying. Right. They're going to be flying spaceships over London or something. I will even suffer my cinema to see that Star Wars. Mind you, I'm not going to see it. Then we'll see it in London. I mean, I remember. I remember really well the the hype that was around when Episode One came out. Yeah. That don't remind me. Was it what ninety seven? Wasn't it something like that? Something like that. I remember when and, the, um, the first Star Wars came out. That was quite hyped. Seventy seven. Yes, I know. That was like seventy seven. Yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I remember trying to convince each other no no it's a good film no it really isn't no, uh, yeah. and then the I, slow dawning realisation is no it's a piece of crap <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was very cynical about it until Jedi came out and um, and and actually we went to see uh, Return of the Jedi in about the third day it was out um, and I remember going to see something uh it was a special event where the cinema were running um star wars and empire strikes back in one after the other and you didn't even have to get up for those people that hadn't seen the series but wanted to get into return of the jedi so i I remember watching star wars in the cinema and being really quite scared (laughs) you know i mean because obviously i was I don't know, it was eight or something, nine, I can't remember. And I remember watching it thinking, the, I, did, I suppose it was the Stormtroopers, and they really did frighten me. Why, they could shoot was, you? Yeah, but it was quite a good, you know. Can't shoot anything. People seem to forget that, you know, there is that. Because, I mean, when it came out, I mean, I know we're all talking, you know, we're all a little bit older than 21. I mean, rust only tiny bit, but yeah. Um, and we were yeah. thinking about it as adult. But when they came out, that was a kids' film. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course it was. And yeah, it was quite a frightening kids' film. I mean, now I mean, kids might go and see it. It's like the Harry Potter nonsense. I had friends oh, that, God. I mean, they made their kids read Harry Potter. They made them go because it was the hype. But mm. you know, I, I quite, I, I, you know what the is it the Phantom Mail? I don't know what they called. I saw half of one of those films and I went, you're right, that's rubbish. <laughs> and I never bothered with the other ones. Yeah. Um, but part of it was it lost, maybe just because I'm old now, but it lost that the real darkness of it. I mean, I found The Return of the Jedi with Yoda. I thought let it down a bit. You know, you had like these fluffy things jumping around and a little green man. It wasn't quite so scary. <laughs> and the scary bits were almost comical. But the first two were quite frightening. You, <laughs> when you first watched, uh, you know, when was it R2D2 broadcast Princess Leia or whatever, it was dark, it was dingy again, like my favourites. But, you know, it was actually scary and you didn't really know who was going to survive. And, you know, when they froze. Um, Han. Han. Yeah, and so, and so, uh, yeah. yeah, and when they froze him, it didn't seem like 
he was going to get out of it. I mean, you could, if you were older, you'd have gone cynically, yeah, we're going to make a third one. Of course he's going to survive. But at a time when you're younger and you're watching it, it was like, I'm going to kill, you know, you really, mm. you know, you felt it. Imagine and that's the trouble with it now. An internet backup service. Oh dear. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's like all the people that get caught in the uh, the uh, teleporter streams in Star, whatever Trek. it's called, Star Trek. Amount of people that have managed to survive two hundred years because they've been caught in a stream or something. Quite, quite, quite amazing. Don't anyway, let the streams cross, but that's another film altogether. Yes. Yeah. <sighs> No, that that's Mr. Tone's favourite film of all time. It's, oh, it's a God. shame that he couldn't be here this um this week. Yeah, I did wonder where he was actually. He was called away on urgent business. He, I he was he caught was, in a stream, wasn't he? Yeah, well, something like that. He was told he had to work. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, they said that to me once. Did they? So I retired. Ah, oh, well, never mind. Was that twenty five years ago? Well, that I believe. Is all the longest show ever. It, well, it's just yeah, yeah. Two minutes and forty nine seconds. D- two hours and forty nine <laughs> seconds. What a look at that. <laughs> they can get all my bits because they were nonsense. <laughs> no, we can't. No, we can't. I'd like that, to hear a compressed version in two minutes and forty nine seconds. Oh, that'd, be, that'd be brilliant. Yeah. You're rounding up the whole year and asking about the next. If yeah. you can't, you can't, can't rush that. It's no, not like can't. back and forth. You don't just, you don't just talk nonsense for forty five minutes and no. 40, yeah, forty five minutes and then think that's a show. Ruin the theme tune by putting it in mono. Yeah. But, oh dear. Well, anyway, <laughs> that's. That, Do you know what? The best back and forth this year was definitely the one I hosted. <laughs> the rest were rubbish. Oh dear. But the one I did was really good. <laughs> Oh, so right. it's, glad, it's good I don't listen isn't it most I thought the best bit about Mac and Forth this year could was the hiatus skin, Carl? <laughs> there could be another one coming <laughs> oh dear <laughs> it's alright Alex I'm right, right old man yeah you can take a sip of your water now right that is all we have time for that's for all this the show. Has time for we've used it up and in fact 2014 itself. You lucky people. We've all had a lovely time. Let's find out where we can find you. Sarah, lovely to have you back. We must have you back in 2015. In the meantime, where can we find you? Um, The best place is on the Twitters at Sarah Jane UK. Excellent stuff. Excellent stuff. Well, have a fantastic Christmas and uh, we shall see you in the new year. Yes. Excellent. Ah, Carl, where can we find you, sir? On Twitter at Claw0101 or on the Mac and Forth show. There we go. There we go. Very not special. As as when, it's not as good as when I host it. Very special episode coming up this week. No. Oh, all right. Fine. <laughs> Just the show. I had, pati- I had particular fun with the... <laughs> with oh, he's the got Christ- a special theme the tune. Christmasization yeah. like that. Does I he ha- sing the theme tune? Write the theme tune. Sing the theme tune. <laughs> There was meant to be a whole special Christmas thing where it, it just was. fell apart, unfortunately. So Never maybe mind. Next year. Do it next year. Do it next year. And last but not least, Alex G. Fox, where can we find you, sir? It's a very... No, it's not. <laughs> <Is> it <wrong? laughs> it's not very at all. <laughs> oh, I was trying to be clever. Very. That's an at, by the way, not an A. Mm. Very British view. And... That's it. I'd give up. Excellent stuff. Um, 2015, right? Just because you lot are all vastly clever than me, right? Is that 
what you know there's always something in history uh, there's always some book written at some point there's always some film there's always something going on what's going to happen in 2015 that has been referred to as uh forward in a movie i mean is there something to do with um well we're going to get hoverboards and flying cars. yeah so i'm saying is that is that is that a day in back to the future yeah okay October so i was just wondering so what's happening 2015 yeah so what's happening in 2015 there's got to be something I'll tell you what I noticed yesterday, and I don't know if it was 2015, but Blade Runner. You know when the Blade uh, Runner starts, there's a yes. date at the beginning. But I, I got can't remember somewhere in the is. back of my head, I thought, oh, that might. I I'm going to look it up. I remember when that is. I, is that 2015? I remember it stuck into my head. This is 1982. Oh, 2019. 2019. We've got four more years to go. When hopefully yep. the airways will still be around, but it is twenty fifteen in Back to the Future. What was yeah, the um, mm-hmm. yeah? What was the uh, the year in, the second Arthur C. Clarke? No twenty ten. Oh, was it twenty ten? I couldn't remember which yeah. whether it was twenty. What what year it was? But I knew it's been and it was, gone. Been and gone. Okay. We're still not right. in space. It's all yeah. nonsense, indeed. indeed. Yeah. Well, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, not that sort of in space. I've got a list of Bollywood films for 2015. <laughs> oh, that's not quite what we were talking about. Right. I have to sing them. I just thought Unfor- that was interesting. Unfortunately, he couldn't be on this week, but I'm going to tell you where, where to find him anyway. You can find our other regular panellist, Mr. Tony Blunt, on Twitter at Tone7x20. I'd like to thank everyone who's been on the show this year. Um, everyone, I, I won't start naming names because I'm sure I'll forget somebody and then they'll be a, they'll be offended and won't come back on. But we shall be back next year in force with more stuff to talk about. In the meantime, you can find me on Twitter at SFDrummer. That's all we have for the show for 2014. If you want to get in touch, drop us a line at airwaveshow at gmail.com or you can leave us a comment at the-airwaves.com or you can get us on Twitter at airwavescast or you can subscribe, you can scribble all over us, you can subscribe to us in iTunes. There we go. Or you can find us on our... Yeah, or you can find us on our Google Plus community. There you go. Yeah, it's as if I've got the script right in front of me. We will return next year with a new episode or two of the Airways when hopefully we won't all have been snowed in. But until then, Merry Christmas and take care, everybody. Bye. Bye. See you on the other side. See ya.